Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Co-Optional Podcast. It is the Hello. 21st of August, 2018, yeah. and this is episode 225. That's a good solid <laughs> number. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Time is flying, man. I don't know what to do with myself. <laughs> Brooke, what is on your shirt? I've been I've been meaning to figure this out. What is on your oh, shirt? Uh, this is our good friend Pluto, and uh, this shirt is him as the patron saint of escape rooms. Excellent. It's a terrifying shirt that I love very much. Yeah. <laughs> it worked. It worked. <laughs> Everyone needs their best friend on a shirt. Naturally. Really, or socks. I've JP's face all over a pair of socks. So I uh, I had a really like convoluted plan for a friend of mine's birthday one time because he bought like one of those like standard IKEA couches for his new apartment, and I was looking around on one of those websites where you could just like put pictures on whatever, and they had like a couch cover that was sized for a standard IKEA couch, and I was like, holy shit! So I really. <laughs> had this whole plan that I was going to call up his sister because she had a spare key to his house. I was going to call up his sister, sneak into his house, get a couch cover that had my face all over it and just put it on the couch and then leave. And it never wound up happening. It was really sad. Never too late, Brooke. It's it's, never you too know, late. it's not. I haven't been there in so long. What if, uh, you know? What if? <laughs> what if he's got a new couch or something and it's all for nothing? Yeah, so the co-optional podcast. <laughs> Scheduled banter. No, I'm just kidding. Um, thank you guys so much for joining us. Our guest this week for the co-optional podcast is Aurelian. Hi. Would you like to introduce yourself and like for people who don't know you, because I think this is your first time on the co-optional podcast, tell people kind of what it is that you do. Um, so I do, I do a lot of things. Uh, I do, what do, you do? What do, you, do I what's your do? job? Do you have like a grown up job? I do have a grown up job. Uh, so I, on top of being a content creator, so I have a YouTube channel, do Twitch, all that kind of stuff. Uh, that's kind of how I got into this job that I'm in now, which is I work for Twitch. My title is director of community marketing, which does not mean what most people think it means. It doesn't mean that I like control everything that touches outside. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of influencer related uh, direct marketing campaigns. So when you go to TwitchCon or PAX and you see meet and greets or you see um, awards programs or you see anything basically that touches an influencer outside of the website. So I don't do like product. I don't do um, new features, none of that kind of stuff. It's all stuff that has to do with creators, um, partners, affiliates, whatever, um, off of the platform, off of the website. Gotcha. That's so it's like it's you work for awful. Twitch, but not like 
on Twitch, sort of. Kind of, in yeah. a weird way. Yep, I make sure that in the real world, people What's are that? happy. Tell us more about this <laughs> Out, it's real a world. Outside, yeah. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. The, my friend had a show. The outside. My favorite outside activity is going back inside. And I was like, feels. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Speaking of. We know out- the truth. We all saw the pictures of you out, out in the great outdoors. I was just going to say, speaking of outdoors, uh, you got a kayak recently. I bought a kayak yesterday. Yeah. That's probably like Don't the most physical thing, Jesse. No, no, why? 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 She went kayaking and she had a blast, Jesse. God. Like, no, but like where? Why? Uh, well, I have a three-car garage, so I have room for a kayak, and I drive an SUV, so I have a way to transport the kayak. I live in Missouri. Oh, that's probably a thing I should mention. I work for Twitch, but I don't work out of the Twitch office. I work out of my house, so what? I live in the middle of the woods. Although we do have gigabit fiber, which is. Um, Jealousy. <laughs> middle of the woods with gigabit fiber. Excellent. Black, that's all like I ever want. dream. It's like ever- Snow White's dream right now. It's perfect. Um, but yeah, so we have tons of rivers and tributaries and creeks and everything where I live, and it's great. Tributaries. I'm, so, I'm jealous. I yeah. You <laughs> me over. All you needed to say was we have creeks and tributaries, and I'm like, all right. I mean, you. <laughs> I don't know what that means. So you, you need a kayak. Yeah. I, yeah, we do. And so I, I thought I, I didn't think I was an outdoorsy person, right? Like I know that I like outside. I know that I like trees and quiet, and I don't like cities. And I used to go on float trips when I was like younger, right? And so uh, I had wanted to go kayaking for my birthday. And I don't, for those of you who don't know me, I was really sick for like six weeks. I had tonsillitis. And so I had to get my tonsils taken out. And it was on my birthday. So I was really, really sick. And I had to postpone this kayaking trip because my doctor's like, you literally just got out of the hospital. You cannot go kayaking outside. <laughs> um, so my friend was like, hey, you're better now. You, your tonsils are out. Like, let's go kayaking. And we went. And like, A, I killed it. I used to do a lot of whitewater rafting also when I was younger. So like paddling was not hard for me. Um, but the idea of like being away from the internet and like no signal, no one bothered me. Everyone, so I learned they're called river rats, right? Apparently the people who are (laughs) loving on the river. Really into it, yeah. Yeah, everyone was so nice. We kayaked by this like lady and her husband. It was me and my my friend. We were tandem kayaking and she was like, you go girls. And I was like, yeah, we go. Look at me. (laughs) I'm so strong. I'm so independent because I'm- That's so fun. It was great. I loved it. So I bought one. Yeah. Can I, can I be a river rat if all I want to do is lay in one of those tubes and have another tube that has beer in that tube? Yes. And then we get down the river yeah. together? So they have they, – so in the kayaks, right, you have the kayak. They have a little baby kayak that you can tow behind your kayak that's just for beer. It's <gasps> but it's a little tiny baby kayak. It's so cute. Everything I ever wanted, but let's like instead put it in a tube and I just lay there. Yeah, I was gonna say is the thing. He doesn't oh, want to do that part. Like another tube, and I just let the I let I let nature take me away, but I get drunk while it happens. So wherever I end up, it's it's like an okay. adventure. Here's what we're gonna do. The next time there's a role play live show and you guys come here, we're gonna do a float trip. Fuck yes. <laughs> Where we all just go and we float down the, like one of the rivers in Missouri. and But you have to do a swan one. You have to have one of those. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. First off, it'd be a pink flamingo. Second off, I'd get another smaller pink flamingo for the beer. But it wouldn't be beer. It would be rosé. 
Done. Let's do it. Perfect. Rosé all day. Let's make my it My friend happen. brought uh, to my birthday barbecue that we had here. My friend brought canned rosé. It was, oh my. It was I was like, what's that? And she was like, rosé. <laughs> I didn't know they made canned rosé. Classy as fuck, right? Yeah, extremely <laughs> classy. For the river because you can't have glass on the river. So point. you have to have everything in cans. So like anything that they have in a bottle, if you go out to like nowhere, they have canned versions of everything because you can't take glass onto the beaches. Right. The river. Beautiful. Yeah. It's it's the Jesse, we have to be in a in a role play thing again together. We not only do we need to be in one, but we then have to buy like an entire set of floaties. So like, they're, <laughs> oh, it'd be themed too right? around the role play, or do you yeah, dress sure. up the the floaties and everything like they oh, are part? Yeah. They're, they're they're your mount. They're like your right. Oh right. my right. god. <laughs> yes, I love this. And the tandem kayak, because I ours is like pink and blue. It's like super, it's super cute. Uh, I'll dress <laughs> as the Little Mermaid, and we'll dress, we'll make JP dress up as Eric, and then you guys can just sing Kiss the Girl. Oh my oh gosh. My Holy God. shit. <laughs> it writes Daughter. itself. I'm in. Yeah, I'm Daughter, in. That's amazing. You are clearly Sebastian. I would be for <laughs> I was just going to say, who is Sebastian? Oh my God. Do this. Yeah. Should we connect <laughs> the dots for people who don't oh, know me? Whoa. I. <laughs> I live and da am dating it me JP who runs role play. <laughs> so for people who don't know, they're like, who's this JP? I guess that's fair that some people might not know that. Yeah. I should clarify that we now live together and we have we are a th oh, oh, oh. real fucking cute or whatever. I yeah. love it. We just finished uh, our office of Scott. Uh Sir Scoots is runs production for all of the role play stuff. He's coming this weekend to finalize the in-home studio that we just built. So, wow, with with the oh, but around okay. like woods and trees and things like that'll be such a, a flip the script for Scoots though. It's like he's so used to like desert, <laughs> like a yeah. big wasteland, <laughs> yes, and all of a yeah. sudden it's like ooh trees. It's like your own Walden's Pond sort of, except tributaries and streams, but with gigabit fiber. It's like yep. <laughs> yeah, it's the dream. God, the dream, literally the dream. That's all that I want is Listen, to live in the middle of nowhere but have incredible internet. We keep trying to tell people to move out here. Like there's houses for sale. Like people move out here. We'll have our whole friends all right here. It'll be great. I feel like it's sort of leaning towards the the ex machina vibes though. Do you remember the movie where he has like this amazing like built in subterranean shelter with tons of fibers? Like are you guys building an AI out there secretly and Scoots is coming for the weekend? He thinks he's setting up things for role play, but what you really don't know. I'm just kidding. No, Scoots <laughs> is the AI. And he's going is back the AI. for repairs. Please. Yeah. yeah. It's like if you have Alicia Vikander just in a closet somewhere, just let me know. I'll be out there. Be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so games. <laughs> I've I've heard this is a gaming show every once in a while. Nah. Nah. Um, we could start with news this time since we didn't really do too much news the last episode. Last episode was very very heavy on games, which is good because we needed to catch up. We hadn't all been to together um, the regular hosts in a while. Um, anybody see that Doom Eternal trailer? <laughs> The thing looks no. really cool. No? Oh my gosh. Doom Eternal looks like it kind of is everything that I want and then some. I'm now having to like go back and play more Doom just because I'm so hyped for it. It looks like everything. Wait, is I this want. the big dick energy video? No, it's not, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's not the QuakeCon. What are you talking about? No, it's not. Wow. <laughs> 
JP watched wow. that trailer and I never I've never played Doom, but JP was like watching it like audibly commentating like he was live like that's amazing look at this and I was like okay <laughs> okay and he was like this is so good Aaron you don't understand so I'm gonna live vicariously through his hype and say like it's gonna be so good yeah I as soon as I saw like some of the uh the official gameplay reveal I just I don't know I like I love everything that I've seen so far like the designs I just oh doom is so satisfying like it just in general doom in of itself is just such a satisfying game you 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 go into it and you just I don't know it just you feel like the biggest badass ever and sometimes you just want to feel like a badass I don't yeah, know maybe it's sure. just me maybe it's just me but um it is this is the big dick <laughs> <laughs> I put it on just just because okay, of the so comment the, <laughs> because of the comment <laughs> literally doom guy just like walking through and everybody's like oh fuck right <laughs> somebody <laughs> just clipped the beginning of this video and was like this is actual big dick energy though because he like walks through he's not aggressive with anyone if anything he's like extremely gentle but everybody's still like, <laughs> like i don't want anything to do with you it was it's incredible it's incredible if anything, he's extremely gentle. Really? He there's a part where the, the, there's a dude who's like sitting there with a gun and he like reaches out and just like picks up the gun. <laughs> right now looks gentle at all. It's amazing. It's so good. <laughs> this is exactly the part that uh, I watched. J I was watching JP watch this right. part of the video. It's just and like, oh, the drool yeah. coming out of one corner of the mouth. Yeah, I, I was <laughs> I was that way. I never played a, a Doom game, and so I was oh. like, I mean, it kind of looks like a like an almost okay Gears of War, and he was like, that is blasphemy. <laughs> that is blasphemy. <laughs> I love Gears of War, though. I love Gears wow. of War. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. But, so, yeah, so, the, the it, it, very, yeah, Doom Eternal, the gentle game. <laughs> that, that's their new tagline. When he's so so extremely gentle. gentle. Extremely so gentle. When he's interacting with humans, he, like... He has no reason to be aggressive. He's seen some shit, literally in a constant state of just like numbness. <laughs> like, it's incredible. It's a gentle game. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. But yeah, so, so for a lot of people saw the, the gameplay reveal and the internet was kind of blowing up about it and they were upset that we didn't talk about it last week. It's like, yeah, I did see it, but there's not really a whole lot I can comment on besides Yes, it looks awesome. Yes, I want it now. And yes, I'm going to go back and play more Doom 2016 just so that way I can rehype myself for Doom Eternal. Mm -hmm. eh. sure. So yeah, that <laughs> Doom news. Um, <laughs> yeah. Sometimes we talk about video games. Uh, doo -doo -doo -doo. Oh, this I thought was kind of fun. So for the first time, uh, the Asian games, which is kind of like the Olympics, sort of, in, in a way, uh, mm -hmm. is actually having computer competition, so esports like League of Legends and StarCraft, alongside all of their physical sports. And it's caused a lot of, you know, people think it's like a precursor to the actual doing it in the Olympics, Olympics. itself. And so what do you guys feel about that? Because there are some athletes who are obviously, you know, physical athletes, I guess. Um, I don't know how you want to phrase that without saying, because... Uh, uh, someone, cool. someone take over you, you know what i'm know trying what to say mean. like how yeah. what do you guys feel about that i mean should it be at that same level as far as you know you're cycling you're an olympic cycler is olympic swimmer olympic starcraft 2 player what are your thoughts talk to me talk to me jesse cox it's so maybe i'm old jesse 
uh, maybe I am old, but I don't think it, we'll see that in the Olympics for a long, long time. Uh, the Olympics are about country-based competition, right? And so the idea is that you would have many competing countries in said uh, events. And I think running, jumping, swimming, uh, all that stuff anyone can just like go outside and do right. and computer things require technology which requires like the infrastructure and then the training and then the like maintenance and so i don't necessarily know that much of the world can jump on that anytime soon uh but when it comes down to like the competitive nature of esports it's <laughs> like I'm, I'm not that's not a concern for me i, I imagine that eventually one day it will be. I just think infrastructure-wise at the moment, like I don't expect that to happen anytime soon on an Olympic level, at least. I would yeah. Go ahead. A little bit with you because I think that – so there's an article I just pulled up um, that says that the Olympic uh, viewer rates are down 6% from the same point in two four, 2014. So they know that the next generation of people – are not as physically inclined. Like that isn't what they're all about. <laughs> have, they been, have they been watching our streams? Yeah. So and that's <laughs> I think the thing, right? Is that like if they want the next generation of people to be interested in the Olympics, there has to be some kind of crossover event so that they can continue to have ratings and pay for it and participate in it. You have all these countries who are building stadiums for the Olympics and then the countries can't do anything with them, right? So they have right. to have a way to get people there to watch what they're doing. And they know that esports are the next one. And the Overwatch League was the first one to make a geographically based esports organization. So they're, we're already headed in that direction. It may not be in four years or eight years, but I think in a relatively soon amount of time, you will start to see it because they're gonna need it to continue cashing that in. And I but think there are countries who will do that. But the inherent problem is that basketball, baseball, track and field, uh, ice skating, all of those are concepts, not a, like a specific thing. Esports is based around like we would have to license Overwatch or we would have to license League of Legends. Shit that would like, I don't, you know, I don't know how that would work. The, the amount of time and energy that would have to go into and then the idea that, okay, Overwatch is the game this year, maybe. or Because you know, over time, people aren't going to want to watch Overwatch 30 years from now. Yeah, you know, right. God bless Kaplan, but I don't think that that's going to be the case. So yeah. um, I, I just don't know how it would work. I mean, like I said, I'm all for the idea. I hope that we'll see it one day, but I truly have no clue logistically how they would put it together because I don't – because they're owned. They're things that are owned. They're concepts and ideas owned by others, which means crazy money and lawyers are involved versus the concept of like, I don't know, polo, right? So right. there's just there's just a lot there. Uh, uh, chess is a game people have been trying to get in the Olympics for a long time. Yeah. And chess is just like an ephemeral thing. Like no one owns chess, but even then they're like, a lot of, a lot of problems that we got to work with and it's a mind game and I'd, I'd watch a chess match. That'd be crazy. For sure. I would totally match. watch chess in the Olympics. I'd watch the hell out of that. Yeah. Wasn't there a Twitch channel where they were like, they were playing, you can watch like the chess Olympics and then like they were giving you stats over like, like poker where it would be like the percentage of a win based on this move is blah, blah, blah. There was like a whole chess 
thing on Twitch and I forget the name of it, but like you can watch people play chess and then look at the percentage of, of wins and stuff. And it explains why they moved X where, because for people like me, I'm like, I don't, it looks like checkers. You hop, what do you do? <laughs> you just, everyone needs like an old Filipino man to teach them. Shout out to Mr. <laughs> Piemonte. Every day after school, he, he beat my ass in chess every day. <laughs> I was really confused on that analogy for a second. I was like, ah. Uh. Yeah. Yeah, everyone needs like an old Mr. Everybody Piemonte needs to a teach Mr. Them. Piemonte, yeah. Yeah, everyone needs a Mr. Piemonte, an old science teacher, right. to just beat their ass in chess every day after school. That's what we did instead of grading your paper, students. That's what we did with our chess. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, the, uh, some of the games that are um, happening at the Asian Games, and the way they kind of broke things up is a bit odd, too. So they are kind of making it sort of like Olympics. Instead of individual countries, though, they're, they're sort of um, more like regions. So they have, like, East Asia, South Asia, Southeast Asia, Central Asia, West Asia, and then the host country. Um, so they're doing, like, League of Legends, Pro Evolution Soccer, um, Arena of Valor, StarCraft II, Hearthstone. I thought that was an odd choice. Um, and Clash Royale. But mobile gaming is really huge in Asia, yeah, so yeah, that that's true. Game, so that would make sense. I just I just found it interesting. Um, and then there was this quote by Scott McQuarrie, who is um, an Australian gold medalist in cycling, and he's now a sports broadcaster. His quote on this whole thing was, "It's like saying let's have a competition with the best accountants on the planet." <laughs> that was the. I mean, you can tell that he doesn't. They probably I mean, do that, don't they? They have hacker yeah, they, I competitions. Mean, you would think so, so yeah. I would imagine. Like, uh, oh my god, I want to watch an accounting competition. <laughs> I want to watch them like sweat bullets and, and be like, oh man, is this expendable? I mean, I feel like balance the books of this giant corporation. Whoever does it the fastest <laughs> wins. I think I think when people say stuff like that, I think it's very obvious they don't get it. They don't understand, yeah, they've never sure. experienced it. And usually what will happen. Uh, be it they truly convert or they uh, they see the writing on the wall and they're like, money's involved, so yeah, I get it now. Whatever the case may be, usually the people who are like, this is dumb, I don't get this, this is stupid, eventually are like, oh, that was cool, all right, I, I get it now. Because it, it, to me, there's truly no difference between the audiences of someone watching an eSport and someone watching football on a Sunday. Right. You're, the only difference is, and, and many times it's not the difference anymore, the only difference is you're watching on like a computer monitor versus a TV, but now people are watching on TV. So what, there's no difference. It's you're sitting there and, and if you had a camera pointing at the audience of people watching football versus people watching an eSport, it'd be the exact same reactions and the exact same just like dumbfounded look, except with less commercials on eSports. Really, truly. <laughs> the end of the day. Yeah. Agreed. I like going to bar crafts whenever StarCraft tournaments are happening. There very rarely is a bar craft near me, but some of the bar, craft, bar crafts, I can speak, I promise, that I've been to in like Sweden, so cool. I, I don't know. I just drinking beer, watching esports on big ginormous monitors. I mean, it is the next best thing to actually being there in person if there isn't mm. a live event, but I, I love those things. It's bonding activity, socially bonding with others with alcohol and, and, <laughs> and games and video games. And people going outside, see, in, in, in the outside, but then they go back inside it's to all the bar. It's all full circle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so in other news, uh, Steam.tv accidentally decided to broadcast their stream. Uh, they said that they're testing for the international coming up for Dota 2. 
do we think that Steam.tv might actually be trying to make a play in the space? Microsoft has Mixer, YouTube, Google, Twitch, Amazon. What do we think? Do we think that this is all just for Dota 2? Or do we think that maybe Steam.tv in the future? I mean, they've been they've been doing the like um, the sort of stream to your friends thing sure. through Steam already. Um, so maybe they're trying to turn it into a bigger thing. I don't know. I mean, it, there's it's a place where money is it exists. <laughs> Everyone yeah. is jumping in that space, and like, I think Steam is very very smart and wanting to get on board because the truth of the matter is that uh for as many success stories as you see on twitch and on youtube and now on facebook and mixer or wherever the hell people are going um there are many many people who feel like they are underrepresented in like they log in every day and no one comes to watch and so by moving to a new platform they can start fresh and get like a new they can grab an audience and so for those mm -hmm. people this is great, uh, and I hope I wish them the best. Like this, <laughs> it's always nice to have new competition, and and you know that's how industries grow. So the more there are, the merrier. I hope, and um, we'll see what happens. I yeah, make I think a lot of people would potentially jump on that if they had something integrated into the actual Steam client. Right? Didn't they though? Did wasn't there something? Was it Dota like a year ago where you could watch? in the game you could you could link up wasn't it oh i don't know you could launch dota and watch the invitational in the game i, I mean i know that's what they're they're doing there with was this something one. like that like a year ago where it was the same kind of thing and i want to say that somebody might know but uh it was something like in the actual client itself that you could watch instead of watching it through like a twitch right where there's chat you could actually just boot up the game and watch it inside yourself huh oh. interesting yeah yeah i i more meant i was imagining like say i open steam and i'm like what am i gonna play today and then there's like there's like one of one of the many boxes that's on the front page of steam nowadays but one of them that's like here's people who are streaming right now that mm. kind of a thing yeah, yeah. Um, people might find that enticing i don't know <laughs> especially I think I think what's fascinating that they could get away with better than anyone else is if you log in, you go to the to the page that is all the new games that came out, and it has the most popular games, whatever. And you click on that because you're like, oh, I want to buy this on that page. Then they have in the corner streams of people playing the game. Yeah, that, you buy that would be awesome. Look at that'd I be know. an effective way of doing shit. I know that right. uh, Chrono does that already, which I. Think is kind of I mean it is obviously chrono.gg slash TV if you want to pick up games I'm not sure what's on there right now but I'm gonna have to look later um, but I just wanted to say that I thought that that was a pretty cool concept that they had implemented um, whenever I go to the page if someone is actively streaming it it'll already pop below so if it is a game that is a bit more obscure that I haven't checked out yet I'm stream right there and just being able to watch it's really cool i know valve mm. very much enjoy making money i'm sure they would very much enjoy <laughs> continuing to make money since they don't really develop that many games anymore <laughs> um half-life win uh but yeah i just i thought it was interesting i know that the interface um for the um 
steam.tv looked very, very bare bones, but it's not obviously something they could, I mean, it is something they obviously could expand upon. And I'm, I am curious how that would work together with like, for example, your friends list, or if you had a curation account for people who are influencers, what kinds of things would you be able to tie into that? What kind of moderation would there be? There's definitely is room in the space to grow. I just thought that when they had accidentally released that stream, maybe it was just a little bit of a, a taste. I mean, obviously, it's for the Invitational. They've already explained mm-hmm. it, but it just it kind of put the idea in my head. It's like, Hmm. Is this maybe where things are going? I mean, it's a bit closer now that we have uh, Twitch obviously having uh, games via its own Twitch desktop app platform. Right. You know, why not kind of take it back with a lot of people purchasing games on Steam, being able to do everything there. A lot of people are very Steam loyal, I guess. I kind of mm-hmm. don't I don't really care where I can purchase a game as long as I'm like getting the best deal or if I'm getting it, you know, I don't know. I don't really like Origin. (laughs) I'll put my bias out there. I don't really like the Origin platform too much. It makes me cringe inside when I have to install it for any any particular reason. But most I haven't had a problem with it in the last few years. But Jesse and I had problems with it at the beginning, consistently a while back. Yeah, the SimCity launch. The SimCity launch did it for me. I was just like, never again. (laughs) Never again. It's never happening. Do you think people when they're, and I guess this doesn't really apply to Dota, but like, for example, when Jesse's talking about people going to Steam, right? And if Mm. someone's like, hey, what's this game? And they click, do you think that through, so like for me through, if I don't know what a game is, I'm going to go to Steam and watch a trailer. If I want to like actually see if I think people like the game, I'm going to look for it in a directory on Twitch because I like want to see how people's reviews are and like they're having fun and whatever do you think that that's already ingrained in user behavior to go to like their whether it's youtube or twitch or mixer right wherever they watch streaming content is it have we like trained people is it too late to train them to be like oh no but like now steam will let you do all of it in one place right like that's an interesting proposition because i don't think by default i would be like oh yeah i'm gonna go on steam and i'll either read reviews or if i want to actually see then i'll go to like youtube or twitch or whoever Yeah. I think it kind of like yeah. is like the checkout aisle thing where you're in the checkout aisle and you see something and you're like, oh, looks like Taylor Swift is marrying Jonah Hill. <laughs> Great. What a um, yeah. But like things like, and so I imagine, I definitely believe that people still go and watch other people play games on other sources, uh, especially at the beginning. But I think something that will happen is people will go to check out a game and then they'll see a stream and then they'll just be like, it's one of those gotcha moments that I think Steam can do because they have the platform to do it because there's yeah. so many eyes who use... Uh, what are the numbers on... I would love to know the numbers on Steam users versus Twitch watchers or mm. Mixer. Well, I guess not Mixer, but like facebook watchers or youtube like all those things how many people just play games and don't actually watch videos online and if that would then lure those people in to watch those streams that they offer on their platform i just don't know the numbers but i feel like there's something there right if you look at it like right now their peak users in the like and again this is the last 48 hours was 14 million and so twitch i think has it's like 20 million unique, but it's 200 million monthly. So like, I don't, it's probably pretty comparable. I don't, those are all public numbers. You can look them up in the Twitch yearly review. I did not just spoil <laughs> for anyone. No. They're all publicly available. 
Um, but yeah, it's probably pretty comparable, but then you have to reduce the number of crossover, right? Like you have to look at how many of the people that are on steam that are like me or you or any of us that use both. Right. So like unique, how many more does one have over the other? And I don't know that one. Mm. Yeah. But I, I feel like there's obviously a crossover between all of it. Sure. Um, but I wonder what the number of people who don't just go watch videos, but people who would be like, oh, I want to see what this person is doing or this person likes it. Or maybe they log on to that page first. And you know what? The, I, I keep thinking of the opposite, not, oh, I want to see if someone likes this, but I want to see if this game sucks. And I feel like yes. a great example <laughs> would be like, everyone, I, this past week and a half, everyone that I've talked to have been like, I've been really excited for We Happy Few. Is it oh, good? Man. And I was like, <laughs> well, if you watch streams, you watch videos, you know, a lot of people were disappointed. And yeah, so yeah. I think that if you had gone to buy it and then you saw a video, you're like, well, let me see what this is like. And you saw videos, it might dissuade you from purchasing. I, I have no clue. I don't know. It's, uh, oh, go it's, ahead. I was just saying, it's interesting you say We Happy Few because that was a game I was really excited about playing for a really long time. And so when I'm super excited about a game, I do not let anybody's hype train ruin it for me. So I won't re read reviews. I won't watch trailers. I won't watch play. Like I go in completely totally blind, blind other than the thing. And so a lot of people have been like, oh, I tried it during the demo and I hated it. And I was like, oh, okay. And I tried it and I loved it. Like so much i got into the first act i love the game i got into the second act and i was like if the second act is what everyone played i get why they don't like it like i haven't gone back to it because so much that i don't want to play the second act to get to the third one like i just mm -hmm. don't want to anymore <laughs> so like i don't yeah, know what sad. everybody watched in their original playthroughs but the reviews on it that i had heard a lot of other content creators were like ah, i don't know i like wasn't a big fan freaking loved it i would go back and play act one over and over and over again and they have a creative uh like a sandbox version coming which i'm super excited about but the second act if that's what everybody played nah nah son <laughs> mm -mm. one thing it's i think bad. would be pretty neat if um if steam were to integrate something like you know being able to view a stream if you think about games like no man's sky for example that obviously got very hammered very early on it wasn't what we all thought it was going to be but sure. since the next update has kind of flipped around a lot of people are enjoying it for what it is if you were to actually have the stream there available instead of you know some of just the canned videos um initially I don't know, would it possibly change your mind about video games that came out and initially got a really bad rap but have since been updated? Would you be able to like watch the stream, see that X and Y person are enjoying the game? Would it change your mind? But it's the, it's the amount of time that it takes to consume the content to get to that point, right? Like if I'm not sure if I want to buy a game, I'm going to read the reviews and look at scene that say like, most people rate it this. And then I go like, okay, I will be a sheep and I will agree with that and I will purchase <laughs> this game, right? But if I'm really on the fence, I don't want to sit down and watch somebody's four hour playthrough. Right, like I want right. I want to get the information. I want to be done. But that's right. not everybody, right? Like some people yeah. that way for me i've realized um a lot of what i use steam reviews for in that sort of a scenario is amount of time played so i'll like go down and look at the most recent reviews where people are like oh, i played the whole thing and here's how i felt about it and i'll see how much time they put into it um and then i'll try to like sort of gauge for myself you know, like if if they're like, yeah, it was pretty good, but it 
took them, you know, 30 hours to get through the whole thing. I'm like, I don't know if pretty good is worth 30 hours of my time, right? Like, like I try to sort of gauge that way if I'm on the fence about a game. Uh, Have you used- you're, You're right. You really do like, you really do pull specific information from different places that you know you can get that information quickest, I think. Have you used uh, howlongtobeat.com? Yes, I have. Yeah. I have not, actually. The most oh, recent, right. like, when a game has just come out, it's not useful. But if a game has been out for a little bit, it's more useful because you have to wait for a bunch of people to beat it so that there's actually an average time on there. I yeah. think you um, just ask Gerard, be like, hey. <laughs> no, never ask Gerard, him that. This already, right? <laughs> never ask him that information. It's, I know. It's always- Too many side quests. <laughs> But 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 actually, if you go on that website, what it does do is it gives you that information as well. So it gives you the like average time people beat it in. It gives you the like completionist times. It gives you times when people who didn't even like give a shit about the story. They just plowed through it. It gives you all <laughs> that information, and then it gives you sort of an average. So you can figure out where you belong or what the average of a game is. And it's super helpful on my quest to like find games that are about eight hours long a solid good eight hour adventure and i'm yeah. done and i'm like all right thanks <laughs> Did so, it. yeah nice mm-hmm. um life is strange 2 trailer anybody Yo, catch that can i dodger can i ask you a question first off no i did catch it i love it looks super interesting i'm i'm very interested but uh-oh. <laughs> when we played, I, this is going to bug me because I, I need to go back and watch the video. When right. we played uh, Captain Spirit. Yes. Did we hazard a guess that it wasn't ever about the Captain Spirit boy? Or did we were we just like at the end? What? What? Because the reveal is a very like the reveal of the characters in this game in Life is Strange 2 is very obvious once you play the 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 little prequel adventure they had but like i don't know it didn't cross my mind at all that those were the um, characters do you remember when we when we were playing we were the only the only guesses that we were like going back and forth between were are we going to see this kid as an adult or are we going to continue to see this kid as a kid well so needless to say the life is strange 2 trailer came out and it's a it appears to be about two young uh, uh, brothers on the right. run from the law and the two young brothers uh are in captain spirit in some way and that's mm. literally the, uh, the what i'll say but it's like i'm interested i i can't wait to see what the like the mechanic is gonna be i think i think what i learned from life is strange and before the storm is that they need a mechanic. The game needs some gimmick or else you're just playing a teen drama and it's fun-ish, but not nearly as compelling as being able to rewind time. Yeah, I think the only only reason that um, Before the Storm was still really engaging for us is because we were already invested in the characters and the world and the story. Um, But I think Life is Strange on its own wouldn't have been a very, with as long as it is, it wouldn't have been a very compelling game without the time mechanic in it, right? right. Um, so yeah, I agree. I think that there needs to be some other kind of like power or supernatural element to the game along with the like, you know, 
wholesome story about people learning to be people and whatever. From what I've heard so far coming out of Gamescom, people are saying that there is kind of like a power, but it's more destructive than just something like just rewinding time. So it should be something different. Um, Mm -hmm. I do kind of like the idea that this is, you know, it is kind of a focus on brotherhood and whatnot and the ages are kind of different i think one's supposed to be like 16 the other one's supposed to be like eight or nine years old and yeah they are like on the run after some sort of tragic event and that's kind of what we know um i believe they also said it's obviously an indirect sequel to life is strange it's like in the world yeah same world right Uh, first one right i'm sorry no you wouldn't have to have finished the first one to play this no, no it, it, so. the stories aren't related, but there are things, uh, as we discovered in the 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 prequel thing to this game, Captain Spirit. Yeah, yeah, Captain. Some there's callbacks. stuff in the. It's the same world, so they do drop little things there once in a while. Like there was a book written by a character from the first game, and there was a letter from the same school as the first game. That kind of stuff, but it's not. Yeah. It has nothing to do with the actual occurrences in this world yeah it's like the telltale thing where like each even though like walking dead there's one two and three you don't have to have played any of them to play them on their own yeah gotcha. mm-hmm. yeah you know what oh my god you know what it is uh not that ant and chat was like so they're trying to low-key set up a superheroes type universe you know what it is it's like <laughs> after i got done seeing uh uh oh my god what's that movie that has where he's where james mcavoy is like different people but the same person split Split or, is that what it's called? Oh, split. Yeah, the one where he it's, where he's the lady and he's movie. the yeah. yeah so, split. so it's I love that movie. I, I saw that movie on a plane because I was like, I don't give a shit about this. I'm not gonna. This isn't really. I big also watched that movie on a plane. I watched it on a plane, <laughs> and the end credit scene. I was like, Yeah. And so now I'm in, and it's. I feel like maybe that's the idea here that they're setting up this this universe where it's very much reminds me of that universe that for some goddamn reason, M. Night Shyamalan got me with. I'm, in, <laughs> ready, I'm ready to go see Glass. When, it, when Glass comes oh, out, yes. I'm ready. That ending, I was just, I, I lost it. I Everything that, I, I was holding it all together. It was like through the beast and everything. I was just like, I was like, okay, yeah, I can hold all this together. But as soon as, soon as dude showed up, I was just like, oh my gosh, I Seriously, lost it. I, I lost was, it all. Most of most of Split, I was like, all right, this is fine. But the last maybe five minutes, I was like, ah, I was on the plane losing my <laughs> shit. Because I did. That was the first time M. Night Shyamalan has got me in 20 years. And like 20, all he did was have to remind me of like old good movies. And I was like, it's I like it, even the village was predictable. But no, <laughs> this was the one time that he gets. This is right the time there. he got me. And I was like, all right, dude, I'm in. I'll watch this next movie. I'm in. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I've never um, watched a movie of his since The Village. I've I can't so... remember what happened at the end of Split. <laughs> um, it's in the cafe. You know, they're watching the the broadcast where you know the girl. I'm, not, I'm trying not to spoil the movie, spoil but Jesse, Jesse, type it to me. Jesse got me. I'm gonna watch it. But Jesse, type it to me. Anyways, I got you, girl. Cer- certain characters from uh, Unbreakable just happened to be mentioning that some certain someone had certain superpowers. Like, what was that dude's name? Glass. Yes, uh, where are you at? I can't even. <laughs> where are you at? Village was not a good movie. The Village was not. I would disagree with chat on that. The Village was not a good movie. I was so invested and I was so waiting for like this amazing thing. And then they hit you with like a, 
just kidding. And you're like, that really? It felt like it felt like whatever ending they actually had for the movie tested really bad in a demo audience. And they were like, what's mm. the quick fix for this? And then that's what they did. Because I, there's no way that you spent all that time Building writing to all that. these characters, coming <laughs> all with all this stuff, don't go into the woods, blah, blah, blah. And then that's what it led up to. There's no way. There's no way. It's like, dude, here's this triple antibiotic ointment and some alcohol and some band-aids. Go. Yeah, <laughs> but, she's, the, but the but the twist is she's blind, her. so she doesn't know what it is. And you're like, I can't, I can't. That's why they just happen to have a blind girl that they could send out in the middle of nowhere, so she wouldn't discover the secret. Get out of here. I, I just like to think that they ran out of budget. Like I, I feel that way with most <laughs> M Night Shyamalan movies, because I remember seeing some of his like really low key, low budget stuff that he had done before, um, like the something something the water i can't remember like lady in the water oh, lady in the water yeah. that is a terrible movie it is a terrible movie Genuinely um a bad film but i liked signs and so i was watching uh some of the bonus stuff from signs and it showed one of his first movies which is like him putting like costumes like on this robot that like moves across like the floor and it was showing him like as a teenager filming himself making his first horror movie like on this rinky dink camera oh. and everything <laughs> And so it just, it just reminds me. Doesn't understand or remember the end of Split. She hasn't seen the previous film that that universe takes place in. She hasn't seen no. Unbreakable. She hasn't seen Unbreakable. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I was like, oh, that's, that's why this literally why didn't mean anything to me, and I did not remember it. Okay, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Keep going. Sorry. No, you're fine. But I, I just, I, I like to think that M Night Shyamalan just runs out of money like halfway through. And then has to come out with this really creative cardboard way of oh, finishing like, the movie. He's like the anime of movie movie producers. Yeah. About halfway through, the story bitters out, and then there's about ten more episodes that you have to watch. Yeah. But Japan. Okay. What? Um, <laughs> the movie that made me feel the way that Aaron was describing was uh, the Cloverfield Lane movie. Oh. Yeah. Where like. <laughs> It made sense, made sense, made sense, made sense, and then felt like it had an ending for a totally different movie tacked on the end. And I was like, yeah. Yeah. No, that's, uh, I totally, what the fuck? that is, it's an incredible <laughs> film with a terrible ending. It is, uh, to gamify this, it's like Final Fantasy VIII. It's an incredible game with a fourth disc that's not needed. Right. Anyone who's Very ever played true. Final Fantasy VIII, you're like, this, that, this is great. I can't wait to see what this fourth disc is. You put it in, it's maybe like two hours of content, and it's nonsense. And you're like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah, it yeah. is. When people say that, sorry, guys. When people say oh. that Final Fantasy VIII is their favorite Final Fantasy, I'm always like, why? Like, maybe the first two <laughs> discs, mean? and then after that, it gets a bit, I don't know. It should have ended the after it went to weird. space. That was an amazing, like... <laughs> Anybody who hasn't played that game, they're like, they go space, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it should have ended when they went to space. It's and like that's Ragnarok, it. boom, and that's it. Bye. It's and like there's so much, there's so much to love about that game. And the fir the first and second disc are like a beautiful love story, like just a great game. And then they're like time witches. It's like, <laughs> oh, all right, fuck it, whatever. <laughs> Fucking time witches. Here we go. I also felt like the the sub story or the the secondary story that was going on with I can't remember his name like Laguna or whatever the the other dudes um, 
you know, the three oh, people. Oh, the dude who like, do, 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 do. Yeah, yeah, do, those dudes. It just like, it's like, was that such an afterthought? It's like, was this supposed to be a completely different game? It's like, were you trying to make nine? You already had some ideas about nine, but then you guys decided to take it way back with nine. So you just decided to mash those two realities together. It's like, next time on the main story and then next time on the secondary story. I, I know they all kind of come together in the end, but it just, it seemed like such an afterthought. It was just a bit weird Meanwhile, Nine is a masterpiece nobody appreciates. It's I so appreciate good. it. I appreciate Go it. Go play Final Fantasy Nine. It'll knock play it on your phone. balls off. Yeah. Do it. Final Fantasy Nine yep. is is pretty awesome. But I just I liked the uh, the system, like really taking it back um, after Final Fantasy Eight and its system. I don't know. But then again, I'm Final Fantasy Seven material system for life person. So. Mm. Let me tell you about espers. Let me let me tell you about five minutes. <laughs> oh man! Oh, Everyone man. Here we go. Can learn everything. Give it to them, and then they. Oh my God! There's like forty of them. Like forty <laughs> of those little bastards. Let me tell you about Final Fantasy VI, the greatest game ever made. I have I have a I have a commissioned article that says all the information I need. So, oh man! A commissioned article. Yes, I helped. I helped fund a Kickstarter mm -hmm. to prove that Final Fantasy VI was the greatest game of all time. I have a 230-page PDF with all the information. <laughs> I'm not even joking. What the wow, fuck, Jesse! It literally has like. It, do you just like reference it to like prove your point? Like you keep this until yeah, someone what tells you. What's the I, point? I, of I, for I when am, someone am, says that I this have is the considered best. printing out. You know how people carry those pocket Bibles? I have considered putting out pocket <laughs> versions of this to just oh hand gosh. to people and be like, have you heard of, have you heard of Final Fantasy VI? And just Knocking at them. people's doors. It's like yeah. on, a, on a Sunday, whatever. It's just like... The good book. <laughs> the good book of Final Fantasy VI. And like hand it out to people. Yeah, I could do that. That reminds me when uh, one of the recent Star Wars came out. I don't know which one. because Last I'm Jedi? A, I'm a Star Trek person. I don't know. This is like... One of those, one of those wars, one of those the ones that came out like seven years ago. <laughs> I went uh, with a friend of mine and as we were there, somebody like was, you know, dressed as Darth Vader and then somebody came up dressed as Captain Kirk and was like, let me tell you why Star oh. Trek is better than Star Trek. <laughs> it was a theater of like 300 people wow. and they like got into a debate in the 30 minutes like before that. So that's you, Jesse. You're going to like BlizzCon handing out like, let me tell you about Final Fantasy is better. <laughs> I don't need. I don't need to. Hand, here's the thing. I don't need to hand it out to people because people know deep in their soul that I'm yeah, right. Huh? I don't even have to convince them. They just know. I don't. Their chat seems to disagree with you. So. Well, chat is. I mean, <laughs> but chat doesn't have a 250 page Kickstarter well, article. Yeah. 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 Do they do they have actual evidence that the musical the music is harmonically inclined to be better than other music? Come on, come on. They don't. The notes they chose to make the Final Fantasy VI music is better than the notes that you chose to uh, speak with. Done. Nailed them. I'm going to drink this coffee. Wow. I feel the roasted. The information that you Science. have about Final Fantasy VI is longer than most people's graduate thesis. Yeah. That's why, I mean, as everyone knows, more words means you're smarter. <laughs> yes. That's what college taught me. <laughs> Don't the more words you put down, the smarter you are. Everyone For knows. Sure. Mm -hmm. So dumb. <laughs> also in news. Um, <laughs> and moving on. Yeah, sorry. No. The, well, I, I love that we'll be able to call back to this. Like, Jesse's Final Fantasy VI is better than all Final Fantasies. <laughs> like, 
uh, don't we'll get back to it later. Yeah. Don't no, worry. No, no, no. I'll, I'll keep no, bringing I, it up for another no. 10, 10 years, so it's fine. And, and I love that. I love that we'll be able to call back to that and just to just be able to rip it out at any moment. Moments notice, like, here's my thesis. It's, yeah, this is why. These are the reasons. I love that. I'm going to find that and send that to you guys right now. <laughs> um, Amazon quits offering the 20% pre-order discount. Boo. But it happens. Don't pre-order. Why do we pre-order? Let me ask you a question. Um, what is the biggest benefit any of you have ever had to pre-ordering a game? Mine is just being able to play it like maybe a day early. Playing it early. Yeah. And that's kind of it, right? I like when they do like you get a free skin or you get like something as a reward kind of like a founder's item mm. like I'm a big sucker I don't even play Fortnite and I have spent over $500 on skins <laughs> wow it's a, true, it's a true thing I have like 20 hours in Fortnite $500 in skins like I'm a collector I have 30 Xbox controllers here and I'm a PC player like what <laughs> so I'm a collector of things like I, it's just a thing. I don't. I like if I'm gonna pre-order a game. If I'm that excited, if they are like, you get a free keychain. I'm like, hell yeah, I'm into it. Four hundred dollars more. Give me that free keychain. I remember terrible. getting like some of those like cell phone charms. Like, do you remember when cell phone charms were a thing? Oh my god, way I back remember when. Cell phone charms. Yeah, um, pop socket. Right, <laughs> and. Charm. And I would get those sometimes from GameStop for things that I, I actually had to pre-order things because they literally just would not get enough physical copies because nobody else in my area played games. So they would just have, you know, very limited amount of games for certain genres that were ordered in. So I was forced to pre-order things. Otherwise, the game actually just would not even be in the store. I remember getting some of those and they would just hand these to me. And I'm just like, what? what? How many, like... How many production hours? How many models? How many people worked on something as cheap and horrible as those little things? I don't know. But yeah. Hmm. Playing games early, that's probably like the only pre-order benefit I've ever taken know. advantage I mean, of. I ordered that SNK Heroines fighting game uh, because specifically because it comes with a hat that says Fatal Cutie. I'm feeling really good about it. Dude, <laughs> yes, that is a quality hat. I'm going to wear that shit all day. You have no clue. So that's, I mean, that's pretty good. The game may be terrible. I don't care. I'm, I'm in it for the hat. I pre-ordered to get that hat. That's yeah. what, so, I you found know. that the only games that I pre-order are games where I know 100% that I'm going to play it. Okay. Like, regardless of whether or not other people are like, I wasn't a big fan of this. Like I know, like I pre-ordered Monster Hunter. So I did knew I. I was going to play Monster Hunter, you and, know. And I knew that I would only play like so many hours of it too. That's the that's the worst part is I knew it's a game <laughs> that I was going to pick up, play only a set amount of hours maybe, and then mm. and just move away from it, and maybe circle back around to it. But I still pre-ordered it because I wanted it that day. Yeah. But yeah, so instead of the 20% discount that you used to get, now I think it's like a $10 credit that you can spend back on Amazon, but it expires in 60 days time. So that's the thing. Okay. Oh, man. Get yourself a drink. Spend that $10, $10 getting some <laughs> get you a drink. drinks or something. You can do that on there. Yeah. yeah. For people in the States, uh, Best Buy used to have something kind of similar where, again, it was like 20% off of the pre-order price that was part of the Gamers Club, and they've reverted the same situation. Now it's a $10 in-store credit. It's like, what would you go to Best Buy and spend only $10 on? Cords. Cords. <laughs> Cords. Mentos. Oh, my God. 
<laughs> Sam and I literally had to have a conversation because I, I just got fed up and put all of our electronics in a big pile in the garage. And I was like, how many of each cord, like extra, like say that everything is plugged in and everything has the cords that it needs. How many of each cord should we have an extra of? Because looking at this pile right now, I think we have like 10 HDMI cables and fucking like just so many things. Everyone so, does. You know what you should do? Do what I do. I brought them all to the office and threw them that's in That's literally bins. what we're going to do. We're going to take all of our extras <laughs> and bring them into the office. The office is most of those bins are shit I no longer. My apartment is like empty as shit now. I'm like, I don't want any of this. Take it to the office, throw it in a bin, call it a life. It's great. Yeah. That's my advice to you. If anyone out there has USB cables or HDMI cables, take them to the office. Throw them in a bin. That's my advice to you. Regardless of what kind of office you work in. Yeah, regardless of where you're at, someone will appreciate it. Someone will take those off your hands. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, also news. Uh, (laughs) I'm really bad at segues. You guys are just going to have to get used to this with me. Um, we're just going to cover this like very high level, just present the facts because we don't want to put anybody in a difficult position. Aurelian obviously works at Twitch, so we don't want to, you know, go into this too deep, but we're just going to discuss the Twitch Prime changes that some of you may have been seeing in the news lately. Um, so yeah, Twitch Prime members are losing ad-free viewing next month. Uh, $8.99 per month Turbo will still offer ad-free viewing experience. And obviously, if you subscribe to a channel, you'll still get that ad-free viewing experience. Am I correct about all of the things? Just factually. Yes? Okay, excellent. So that's just a change that's coming up. Hey, uh, in in as a st- streamer, I say, I'm, I don't stream that much, but uh, I know that Twitch have put a statement out basically saying they are trying to support people who are streamers and using the platform and this is why they have made that change so you guys can talk amongst yourselves in chat or in the comment section on youtube about whether you agree disagree and all of those things in between but we're just keeping it high level that was the news and that's about all we have to say about that there's the information (laughs) yeah to be fair you guys can totally comment on it we just yeah i just don't want to i was i was involved in a in a call yeah so i feel like i I can't really talk about it either. (laughs) (laughs) Two of us would be hanging back. Ain't nobody call my ass from Twitch. I'll talk about it all you want. Twitch don't call me. Um, First off, first off, uh, I think that it doesn't affect me. Twitch.tv slash Jesse Cox. One time subscription. $2.99. You sub for life. You sub with Amazon Prime. You in for life. You know commercials. All that shit. Person on Twitch who has that. I think you're the only the sub for life. Yeah. So none of that shit affects me. So uh, you can always watch my channel commercial free. Wink. Um, But but I think the uh, biggest thing is that um, to me, Twitch is allowed to do whatever the hell Twitch wants to do. I have no problem with that. I think the way it was written and the way it was said, at least to me, reads like we made a change. Like we gave you this thing originally. Twitch Prime existed originally with like, it's not going to affect any of the money of the creators. And then the rationale was, well, we're going to put money back in the creators by getting rid of this. And to me, that was just like if YouTube Red said, well, YouTube Red, you're paying for that, but now you're going to have commercials because we want to put money back in the hands of the creators. Like, well, it wasn't YouTube supposed to pay those people. Right. I don't know. It's just one of those right. things where wording wise, 
it seems like a lot of like um the rationale is using streamers as the cover for the change like well this is we're doing good things for the streamers this is about the streamers and it's like i don't know i don't know that it is amazon.com backslash bezos needs more money i don't know i have no clue i don't i don't know so for me it doesn't affect me at all right like i don't know if what they said has any ring of truth to it because to me it sounds like corporate doublespeak which is just like no no it's we're doing this for the streamers that you love not some guy in a boardroom who's like needs a new boat right so <laughs> I, I i honestly truly have no clue why it's happening but well i will say that i do feel like some of the the perks of um twitch prime were different then versus now um back when it started now we get free games and things you know, they have their game platform built in on Twitch uh, via the desktop app. So all I'm saying is that I, I feel like the benefits have changed over time. And mm -hmm. maybe they are just trying to address that in a roundabout way. Maybe, again, like Jesse says, the, the PR aspect of it might not have been. Um, I, I don't know. I, I guess it really does depend on entirely what the truth is. <laughs> truth versus marketing. What? Um you know, I think that's the problem is that it, it to me, it is like streamers, versus but, marketing thing. Right. right. We're like the marketing of it. Literally, if you look at what they're saying to me, reads as, we're doing this for the streamers. Like right. guys don't hate us. We're trying to help the people you love. And it's like, no corporation ever does that. That's just reality. No one ever does that. And the bigger the corporation, the less they do that. So like, just tell us what, why just, you know, just give us the answer. Why? And we'll be I guess cool. Like, like, from my perspective, people can still choose when the ads run and the content is still free. Right. So I don't, I don't think that it's as big of a deal as a lot of people are making it out to be, but a lot of people were bringing up raids. That was one of the things that I saw a lot. Cause I raids, like I was looking at social media and a lot of the things that people were saying is raids. If I raid someone the first minute, because ads on an ad right i see an ad. Right. that yeah, was like the biggest true. criticism that i was seeing yesterday and that was the defenses a lot of people were like well i don't like ads it was specific instances were like and a lot of them were like things that we've heard a lot of in, in the past with like the ad runs too loud the ad is too long like there were things right. where like there were specific instances where people were saying like these are the things that we're hoping to address and you know Hopefully those things do get addressed. I don't work in that department. That is not a <laughs> statement. That is just a thing I observed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, automatic pre-roll ads. I can see them definitely getting in the way of shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, it's, I'm, I'm very curious what the overall reaction will be once it's like implemented and everyone's sort of just living in that reality. Because it may not, you know, it may be one of those things that people don't notice a huge change. I have no clue. It just could be. I think it's more along the lines of uh, consumers hate when you take something you've already given them away. Oh, gosh. It's just, just like a fact. It's like, and well, so, I paid for this entire Prime subscription just for this. And it's like, right. you didn't. And it, I mean, it doesn't <laughs> matter value what it different is. aspects of the bundle, like to a yeah. different yeah yeah it, it doesn't it doesn't matter what it is it can literally be the smallest thing in the world but if you take something that you've given someone they're gonna be mad like that's just reality and so 
anytime a company says, well, that thing that we gave you that made it easier for you to watch the thing you love, it's not going to be a little more difficult for you to do that unless you do X, Y, and Z, people are just going to be mad. And there's, you know, until they see exactly what the change is in front of them, mm. it's still, it's just going to be outrage because that's what people know how to do, especially on the internet. So we'll see what happens. Um, Anticipate yeah. a lot people. A lot of people probably come back to using ad block, and that's the one thing that I'm concerned about with this mm -hmm. change. Is I just I don't want that to be what people revert back to because again, that would just hurt streamers in the long run. So yeah, right. I, I think just like Jesse says, we have to kind of wait, see how things shake out. But again, we just wanted to provide kind of a high level I, sort of overview. This is what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Um, probably the people who are going to notice the least amount of difference are people who have like their three or four streamers that they always watch yeah. and they're subscribed to all of them. Right. And most people have it so that their subs don't see ads anyway. Right. So their life probably for the most part is going to be exactly the same, but and people who like go on discovery missions and like try to find new streamers all the time are probably going to get bogged down or, Ooh. or just at the very least notice it more. Interesting question. Point of order. Uh oh. Your, your uh, stream gets put on the front page. Mm. Uh, when someone clicks on it, is the first thing they see a commercial? It's a pre. It would be it's a pre roll ad. Yeah. And that's automatic. So yeah, I think so. So all right. I I mean, I much like Crendor, who was in chat a minute ago. Like, if I go to your stream and the first thing I see is a commercial, I'm I'm already like, oof. <laughs> But if they were, but to your question, if they were on the front page, it's not the first thing they've seen because they've already watched enough of your content to know they want to click, right? Or no, I'm not. I'm not I mean, like, like the 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 thing that. Is, sorry, my terminology. I'm an idiot. Uh, the thing where it's like Twitch literally puts them there. The like the carousel, and the feature, yeah. sort of. So when you would load the front page, when you click on like in the little tiny boxes, those like five boxes, and then there's the big box, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're in one of those boxes and somebody clicks on that box, the ad doesn't run when, when they click on the box to see you. If they click through to then go to your channel. That's when they'll see the ad. Gotcha. Right? Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Never mind then. I see the the gears turning in Jesse's head. It's like we we like data. <laughs> we like knowing things. We're like, oh, what, what kind of user yeah. retention, yeah. discovery, good, things? Good, we good we want analytics. to see, <laughs> yeah, analytics. No, it just I, I think at the end of the day, it's one of those things that uh, you're never, you know, it's it's a I don't see a win on the consumer side, but it's one of those things that. Uh, I, you know, I don't, it definitely rings to me as a confusing move, but, you know, I don't run a giant company, so what the fuck do I know? I, I will say just not so much in defense of Twitch, but the fact that they were still sort of paying for the the free monthly resub and everything and not taking that money out of the streamer's pocket, you know, just continuing to do that. I mean, again, features that we did have versus features that we have now. I just think that things have changed, but um, yeah, I, I can I can see both sides. <laughs> mm. You know what you can always see? My stream, because there's no Lifetime commercial. Lifetime sub, no changes. $2.99. <laughs> I don't even make half of that. Twitch takes most of that money, y'all. You know what it's about? Being number one, and I will have the number one <gasps> subscriber count ever, so help me. <laughs> 
<laughs> you get do you show sub points on your thing? Hardly anybody does be, that. And it, is it historical? Are your sub points like everyone? Historical? Everyone just sub. I want to be number one. I, I gotta <laughs> be. I gotta beat Ninja. I gotta oh, beat him. Gonna and say, then I'll have Drake, and then Drake will be my friend. But like your sub really points bad. have to look like a pinball score at this point. I'm trying. You know what? I'm trying my hardest. I if it my pinball score, you don't want it to look like my pinball scores. Like I can't handle double zeros. That'd be too much. <laughs> Yeah. I only gutter ball. Only gutter balls. Only gutter balls. Uh, today's episode of the Co-Optional Podcast <laughs> is sponsored by Audible. <laughs> uh, you can go over to audible.com slash cynical or SMS 500-500, the word cynical, C-Y-N-I-C-A-L, in order to start your free 30-day trial and get your first audiobook for free. Anybody have some audible recommendations for us this week? Yo, we went on a deep dive. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> deep dive. <laughs> we, went, okay. we went on a deep dive during the pre-show. Yeah. We were mm. looking for Danielle Steele books to see if if there's mm. like if there's uh, some narrated Danielle Steele books because we were like, what is what is the voice like of a person who's going to describe like like silly romance novel sex scenes? Right. It, Silly, um, I, I dispute the word silly. Okay. <laughs> These are very serious, passionate. You're right. You're right. I'm sorry. People who don't know this. Educational I, material, right? I read a lot of romance novels, and that's even people who do know me don't know that. We have a whole bookshelf of romance novels just in our house. So, where some people have board games, you have rom- romance novels. That's, that's amazing. I love it. <laughs> um, your life, man. Yo, the dude that wait, does he do all of the Danielle Steele books? That's what I need to Whoa. know. No. If there's it's a dedicated a guy. It's always a dude and it's always a different dude. Holy shit. Well, yeah. the pr- Can the I ask dude- you a question? They all have really like sexy deep voices. Okay, so the one who narrates The Mistress by Danielle Steele is Alexander Sendis. And then the one who narrates The Duchess is Gideon Emery. Oh, Gideon Emery sounds like. <laughs> um, he, Fall from he, Grace is narrated by Luis Moreno. Oh my! Oh my Those God! You no, know, that is he is like that Flonase bee all up. He's Antonio Banderasing all up in you. Oh my God! <laughs> oh my God! I would I would listen to the shit out of that. That sounds amazing. <laughs> I feel about that. <laughs> this story starts in a cold night. <laughs> wrapped up together oh my god so good okay so i read the, the reason my doctor picked specifically the mistress because i actually read the book and it oh, was really okay. good. and i was like as an audible book if you like are not into reading right that, that would be a great one because it's a wonderful love story of redemption and true heart okay mm. It's a great story. I'm sorry, I'm reading like the the publisher summary here, and I'm I'm just I'm I'm reading it now in the accent that Je- <laughs> that Jesse pulled out, and I'm just like, <laughs> it's like <"Whoa." laughs> yeah, so good. Yeah, that was my name. Book okay. chat. <laughs> Wait, what was that guy's name? Uh, Alexander Kindese. Uh, that sounds better than how I tried to pronounce it. I have no idea. I'm not. I'm not sure. I, I'm too scared to like go listen to his voice now. It's like I'd pull up the sample. You, should, I'm you gotta. The sample is so good. He's got such a deep voice. It's incredible. Oh, Anyways, so uh, yeah, we're gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna take the bullet for you guys. 
you know? <laughs> the fuck out! Hold on. What was the, what was the, guys, you, this is important. This is important. Shit has just blown my goddamn mind. Gideon Emery, one of the leaders, is baltier from from uh 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 uh. Uh. My brain just died. Final Fantasy Twelve. Okay. <laughs> what a great crossover! <laughs> it all ties back. So good. Who knew we'd be here by the end of this? Full circle. It didn't was he, meant to be. It was meant to be, really. I was going to oh say, didn't God, he also do Skyrim so stuff, good. too? Like, Yes, he's in I, Skyrim. He's in Skyrim, right? What? Yeah. He. Oh, by the way, for those of you who want to know exactly who Gideon Emery is in Final Fantasy XII, uh, he plays basically sexy Han Solo, and his co-pilot is sexy Chewbacca. And, oh, my God. I. They are the best characters. Like, he is the best actor in, in Final Fantasy XII. He's so good. Get out of town! I would let him make love to my ears any day. Next week, next week, Jesse Cox is going to be like, I love Danielle Steele and all of her novels. And Jesse- I don't know about Danielle Steele, but I do love Gideon Emery. Oh my God. He's, great, he's got a great voice. Yeah. Or Matt Mercer is one of the next <laughs> Like He does a crossover. Yeah. He's doing like Danielle Steele romance novels. Matt Mercer, call her up. They hire oh video game people. Oh my God. So Holy yeah, any shit. any other audible uh, selections that you guys would like to make mention of? Just uh, hey, oh. speaking of amazing voice uh, over artists, let me shout out to my boy Mark Thompson. He holds it down in the Star Wars book universe. Thrawn Alliances, the uh. new book. Timothy Zahn, an amazing author, uh, wrote a new Thrawn book, and Mark Thompson does the best Thrawn voice there ever was and it's so good y'all just go get it go be a nerd and then go listen to Gideon Emery make love to your ears although <laughs> where's the Thrawn erotica you Come gotta on. write it and then he can voice act it oh my god his blue skin throbbed as it rubbed against Vader's helmet oh no oh no <laughs> uh uh I'm so glad I don't have the cams on right now. I'm so glad that they're they're looking at uh, the audible selection for the week. Oh, oh man. Hold my hand, he told Lord Vader. Oh, <laughs> uh, <sighs> His breathing became heavy. <laughs> okay, wow. But then, but then imagine like, his breathing became heavy. Lord Vader, I want to hold your hand and kiss you. I can't kiss you, dude. I have a mask on. Do not worry. I'll kiss your shiny helmet. <laughs> Man! Now that's a book! That sounds like a book. <laughs> I want you to start writing, like, fan fiction. Jesse. <laughs> I should. I really... You, re I you were reading fan fiction on, like, live, weren't you, mm -hmm. for, like, a while? Yeah, I should really just give up this career and just go write fan fiction. I would, I would. The next time a movie comes out that only, you know, mothers see, I'll be the author of that movie. Okay, okay. Can we talk about this for five seconds? Sure. <laughs> I have to say this because this is really important to me. Also, you can probably get it on Audible, Fifty Shades of Grey. Listen to me. <laughs> I was just going to say. Everybody oh. wants to be so upset that Fifty Shades of Grey is not a good movie. It's a fan fiction of Twilight. 
No wonder oh. it's not a good movie. You took a dumpster fire, put it in another dumpster, lit it on fire outside back of a Taco Bell, and everyone roasted marshmallows on it. It's the best, worst thing you'll ever see. <laughs> but people don't understand it. It's It was on, like, Wattpad, and then they were like, this is a masterpiece. This girl had <laughs> no... This girl had no... And you know what's crazy? Is all the moms who watched Twilight and were like, I can't like this. This is high school boys. They were like, we got you. <laughs> Don't worry. Right. I'm going to age up this shit. I, I, have an, <laughs> I have another layer to this, actually. There's oh. a, uh, a movie that has come out recently called like The Book Club. It's kind of like for like our mother's generation, basically, okay. where they are reading the Fifty Shades of Grey as part of their book club. I saw the trailer for it the other day. I have concerns. <laughs> I was just like, that's a book that you would choose for your your ladies book club. You're right. in your sixties and seventies. Great copies from my mom. Like I just I all I can yeah. I, all I can picture is B. Arthur reading <laughs> Fifty Shades of Grey. Perfect. You know what? <laughs> it works. It'd be hot. It let's works. not let's not pretend that it wouldn't be. It'd be hot. B it can works. hold it down. <laughs> Uh, speaking of things that are hot, taking it back to Audible Selections, I have been enjoying Fahrenheit 451 recently by Ray Bradbury, mostly because it is uh, done by Tim Robbins. So if you like your Shawshank Redemption, along mm. with, uh, you know, dude setting books on fire, hey, why not? I have uh, been using this, well, using this, uh, listening to this selection uh, using like my Amazon Echo and the various dots I have around my house. So great thing is being able to move from one thing to the next, listen in my car, and then finish the book while I'm eating breakfast or whatever and freaking my son out by some of the, that is, the, the text. That's <laughs> or the, all I do in my car. I haven't listened to music in my car in like two years. I just go through Audible books. That's straight up my life at the moment. I'll just drive around, listen to books. Uh, yeah, I've I've... Trying to think of the last man. I there was one book where God, I learned something, and I don't, I don't want to say it was astrophysics, but it was something right. Like I took like a class, y'all. I took like a class. It was um, astronomy, not astrophysics. Astronomy. I learned some stuff, so. You can even get educated on Audible. It's you true. Can. You can. You know what else I noticed on Audible? Sorry, just to like, just for one extra thing. You know what else I noticed on Audible? What's that? There's like a whole company called Aptive that does like, like, uh, walk, I, yeah. walk run for one mile, 5K training, meditation, like, There's like a, a training feature like now. Help you through training. Yep. Interesting. They're all like, five plus hours long and i'm so curious yeah there's a training feature uh, i just got an email about that uh a while ago where there's like a a feature now where they literally do like they're like you can make it and then they play music and yes, thing, they like have curated workout sessions that you can mm. do on there now which is fascinating yeah actually i found one um there's a 5k training yeah the active and fully narrated too there is somebody yeah. said there's a trial that workouts. goes away in a month. What? No. Wow. What? Huh. Well, that is very neat. I did not know that. 
Mm-hmm. I didn't know they even offered that. That is so cool. Learn something new. So mm-hmm. thank you very much to Audible for sponsoring this episode of the Co-Optional Podcast. Again, you can go to audible.com slash cynical, C-Y-N-I-C-A-L, or you can SMS the word cynical to 500-500 to start your free 30-day trial and get your first Audible selection for free. Mm. And now with that being said, I think it is time for us to go to a break. After the break, we are going to talk about games. Games Yay. could be a thing. We could talk about games, can't we? Mm-hmm. Maybe. Sure, I doubt. I feel like I'm having to hard sell this right here, right now. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right, stay tuned, guys. This is Co-Optional Podcast. We will be right back. And welcome back to the Co-Optional Podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed that break. Does anyone ever actually enjoy a break? Yeah, man. Uh-huh. You get a snack and a drink. It's like poop. You get to stand up and stretch. It's great. <laughs> the recess of, of Twitch streaming. <laughs> you get to hydrate. Hydrating is very important. So good. It is. All right. So games. So, Guess- sorry, I'm. Uh, we discovered some shit over the break that is blowing. This always my mind. happens. This always happens. I can't hear what they're talking I about during the break. Too, if it makes you feel better, I don't know what they're talking about like as much. All right, lay lay it on me, Jesse. So, so here's what happens. Here's how Jesse confirmed it. So you said Tim Robbins, Tim Collins, mm-hmm. okay? Tim Robbins, Tim Robbins, Tim Robbins. Tim Collins. I don't know. Oh. Listen, I'm thinking of the drink. Okay, that's a Tom Collins that's sweetheart. Tom- <laughs> <laughs> I got there one way or the other. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. So you said it, and I was like, oh, man, that was that actor who was in this video game that I totally forgot about that I played when I was nine years old, okay? And I was like, dude, what? And then it was driving me nuts because I couldn't remember who the actor was. It was Tim Curry, okay? Oh, Tim Curry. And Tim Curry okay. was in a video game in 1995 called Through the Eyes of the Monster. It's a Frankenstein game mm-hmm. where he is an actor, and it's not – it's him as a video. So he's it's walking – like old school FMV stuff. Yeah. Old school but stuff. Not, but not – yeah, it's weird. So good. And so Jesse has now been spending the whole break looking at playthroughs on YouTube. <laughs> I've never seen anything like this. It is. I mean, the man has been in so many video games. It's crazy. Tim Curry lent his voice is, to so many Frankenstein, things. and he is Dr. Frankenstein. I can't even. I need it's to find this. Such game. a good. It's find such a good game. game. I played that game for hours and hours. We were one of the first people. So many times I was like, what was that, like five years ago? I'm 32. We were like one of the first houses on our block to have a computer we were the first ones to have netscape for sure um and oh, so man. this was one of the netscape. games that i played in 1995 and my like little i was like i thought it was so scary because that frankenstein oh uh, it was great it would have been scary if it broke into frankenfurter like <laughs> just split Pff, tim curry boom do it been mm-hmm. awesome so good tim curry is god Video anyway. games. See, we stayed on track. Video games. Oh, well, uh, no, we were right. talking about video games. That's talking about video games. Ooh. That's a thing. Perfect. <laughs> Brooke <Yeah>. yawns. Video <laughs> games. <laughs> um, so, yeah, what have you guys been playing lately? Anything good? Uh, Jesse Cox, I saw on Fan Friday, you were playing something that looked very like Papers, Please, but wasn't. And I'm very intrigued about said game. Uh, yeah, it's called you Not, talk about tonight. Not Tonight. Mm-hmm. So Not Tonight is a game that the premise already, I'm sure, is divisive, at least in the UK. Uh-huh. Uh, it takes place in a post-Brexit UK in which, of course, it's a dystopia. And uh, the premise is that you are a bouncer who 
works your way up. So the game starts with the fact that you are the you are a security guard at an event, like a major event, celebrating. I think the anniversary of basically like booting out foreigners and an explosion happens and then it like takes you back to the beginning and your humble beginnings as i guess in my case the character i selected is a dude from like birmingham who is a brit but his parents or someone in his family is like swedish or something and so they're like oh get out of here euro trash i was like all right i guess wouldn't i have an accent but whatever um and so you are moved into pretty much like a ghetto and you have a certain amount of time before you can, uh, before you have to pay your rent, that kind of thing. Right. Um, that's and so, so part is very papers, please ish. And that's that the, the overarching theme of the game. Right. But the day to day of the game is literally, you are a bouncer in front of whatever job you can land that day. Uh, and you have to look at IDs and you have to like let people in the bar and it gets progressively harder as time goes on. Right. So at first you're looking at the IDs, see if the person's over 21 or I guess in this case, 18. Um, and then you're looking at if it's a real ID or a fake ID. And then you're looking to see if the ID is expired. And then, like, and then it gets more and more and more and more. And eventually looking for like... Very papers, dudes, please. A dude's coming like. to your... Yeah, dude's coming to your club and he's he's got drugs. So you don't want to let him in. And then, you know, people can offer you money. Like, look, I'll give you money if you just let me in. I'm trying to sell some shit here tonight. So me, I know how to be a bouncer. I have never <laughs> been a bouncer, but I've been bounced many times. So I get the idea. I get the premise. You got to, these are the rules. One, the more women in the club, the better. Two, <laughs> bring women in the club, let them in. Three, guys alone, don't let them in the club. Those, those are the rules. And so that's what I did. Those and are I was correct by right. today's standards. So that works. <laughs> I was doing so good, man. But only like one or two times that, that like someone got in because they were underage. But that's not on me. That's on them <laughs> because they tried hard and I gave them credit. I was like, you know what? You're trying hard, girl. Go live your life. Get in there. Go get your drink on. She was with other people. It's fine. I'm just saying I was very good. I was doing a great job. No drugs were happening in my clubs. Nothing was going on. I was doing very, very good. And by clubs, I mean... The British well, Museum of History. Well, it was the BM is where you start. But that's that gets blown up at the beginning. And uh, then you go back a year. So you have to like get to that point. Where I was at the beginning of the game, before I went to a place that was like a real club, but it was like a crappy club. So I don't know why I want to work there. Place I really... Really, where I think I really shine is British pubs way out in the countryside that only like three or four people show up to. That's why I think I'm really good. That's, why I think my, That's you, where your quality. If you need shines. me to bounce your small functions, I'm very good at that. I can have, yeah, with polite British, old British folk, I could do that very well, I think. Yeah, I'm looking at the, the pub scene now at the King's Head. So, yeah, that looks, yeah. Mm. yeah. That's awesome. If I, if I did it perfectly, I would get an old disco trophy that I can t stick in my house. Also, there's like a subplot where a girl shows up looking for her boyfriend who is missing. Uh, and he used to live where you live. Mm -hmm. And so I, of course, was like, no, nah, I don't know that guy, but how you doing? And then she was just <laughs> like, I'm going to go find Vladik or whatever the hell the guy's name was. <laughs> why. So that probably, is a, that probably shows up later. And it's probably a thing. Uh, there's definitely... Uh, like a dark undertone. The cop who shows up gives you a hard time because you're like Euro trash. But again, you, you're like, I was born here, but okay. I guess I'm not pure British enough, I guess is the point they're making. So mm -hmm. I can understand how 
this is a game that, that especially in the UK would like poke some people the wrong way but yeah whatever and yeah the ids though are weird because they're it's month day year instead of british which is oh it. i changed it i i, I yeah oh, okay. set that. the game you can select the settings and i changed it specifically because i could not i would have let everyone in i would have been like oh you were born the 13th month you're in <laughs> sounds, sounds space and time you're in yeah so for my own sanity, I had to I had to switch it. Yeah, Makes that's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was watching this uh, being played for Fan Friday, uh, and not tonight was made by um, Panic Barn, and they Mike Rose, I think, is the one who's behind that, and he brought other things through Tiny Build uh, to the forefront, like Party Hard, mm-hmm. um, and I'm trying to think of what other games. Uh, Punch Club, which I I probably played more punch club than i probably should have <laughs> like i feel like the game probably had a, a set timeline to where maybe you put a little more time into it than you should have and i definitely exceeded that it was a bit of a habit for me for a while i need to go back and play some new party hard too i think there was a dlc maybe probably even a year ago that i still haven't gone back and played yet but i was a big fan of party hard as well it's a good game i like party hard yeah same um let's see any any update on bifa for you is it have you reached max level now yeah 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 yeah. uh i did everything there was to do week one literally everything i ran out of content (laughs) i did everything i uh hit uh max level i ran every mythic dungeon i could uh i did the storyline by the way the cinematics for both the alliance and the horde are like amazing this time they the story is like the alliance story is way better than the horde story i think at the moment the horde story is just like tells you why the raid exists like why the next raid you're going on is a thing the alliance story is like an emotional tale about a mother and daughter and you're like i was not even prepared for this in warcraft um and then uh yeah there's there's a lot of the problem is there's a lot of stuff that's gated behind reputation grinding right now. So if you want to get more story, you have to grind more rep. And I'm like, why you do this, Blizzard? Why? <laughs> so that's where I'm at right now where in order to get more stuff, I have to keep playing. Right. And so that's where I'm at. So we'll see. I think my, my biggest – if I just list some concerns and problems that I have, uh, the biggest thing that stand out as bad to me – the island expeditions, I think, are like they exist, but are not necessarily fun. Maybe when you get to the point where you can PvP against actual other people, that might be like an entertaining thing. But at the moment, it's it's just not a fun experience. It's uh, it's just like a lot of busy work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the the war table. And the war table stuff they have going on seems like tacked on, and I don't understand why it's there. Like it, the war table missions, I can't figure out why they included them when everything else is locked behind rep grinding for other stuff. I, I don't know, I don't know, I don't get it. But those, those are my two biggest issues. Where I'm like, why the hell? Also, oh, I see, I see that you had the Jaina Proudmore cinematic playing. Yeah, one of I them. did. I did. I, I picked yeah. one of them. To, to play yeah, not, one of the, not one of the good spoiler ones one from no, the beginning no yeah I, I played a different one um for, for those of you who do not follow me on twitter 
youtube.com slash Jenna Bain. Um, I have been unveiling bits and pieces of a certain cosplay that I am putting together. And some of you may have guessed what it is. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I had been having to watch a lot of the cinematics for uh, accuracy and, and whatnot, but uh, still haven't dipped my feet in. It's installed. I went ahead and pulled the trigger. It is installed. I just, I'm still deciding about the jumping off point for me with Bifa, because I just, <laughs> I don't know. I so many alts and I from everything I've been reading, I just worry that I am going to literally be that altaholic. I'm going to level all my alts up to max level and then that'll be it. Ta-da! So, I don't know how much this expansion actually in- encourages all the alts yet, but at least it's not green. That's a pro. I mean, it, it definitely, at least it it's definitely not fell. At least it's not green. <laughs> the game encourages two playthroughs. Like Alliance uh, of Horde, you think? Or? This time for sure, having an alt on the other faction is ah, okay. like a required thing because the two stories do not... This isn't like any other expansion where stories, you the can get same. the general gist by playing one faction. Right. There are two separate stories. Like the the Horde story is about like the kingdom of Zandalar and like all the shit going on in there and some old god nonsense and some fucked up shit. And the Alliance story, it, like, there, it, it not only is about Jaina, but it's also about, like, some really fucked up cultist shit. And, oh, my God. <laughs> and it gets, becomes Witcher, and it's, oh, it's really good. Um, yeah, it's definitely worth playing at least twice. Uh, I'm really curious to see where all that goes and connects because people have been dropping crazy-ass hints. Like, characters will say things. Um Waycrest Manor is a fascinating dungeon because the lore behind that is just like, wait, what the fuck is going on? I'm telling you, the so people aren't like, there's something called the Shadowlands. Mm-hmm. Don't know what the fuck that is. That <laughs> the final boss of Waycrest Manor is from, but also like Buon Samdi, who is the best character in this expansion. Y'all, the dude who plays the Low of Death, whoever that actor is give that man a, a raise because he's fucking <laughs> incredible. He's so funny. Um, that guy, they literally all of them are like reporting to someone and it has to do with death. And you're like, and then Sylvanas is a fucking banshee. Like what the fuck's going on? So there's definitely something coming down the pipeline that Blizzard's setting up. And like, you can tell they actually have real writers like on staff. Because <laughs> Cause there's some shit happening and they, and all of it's like clued in on stuff. Oh, I'm ready. I'm ready for it. So <laughs> we'll see what happens. Can, Can I, I talk about a different MMO thing? By all means. Um, the Rathalos event is in uh, Final Fantasy 14 right now. And it's like actually super awesome. The mechanics are completely bizarre because they like, they try to replicate some aspects of Monster Hunter inside of Final Fantasy XIV. Damn. Um, so, like, I actually have not successfully completed the extreme version of this fight. <laughs> it's really, really hard. If you're a healer, there's like, there's like three, I think, three stages to the fight, and um, you can only heal during the first stage. And uh, when you first start the fight it gives you as like a as like an extra ability it gives you like healing pots like you would have in monster hunter so 
Um, if you're a healer, you're really only useful as a healer for at the very beginning. And then uh, the rest of the fight, everybody has to like try to use their stuff. Um, and it does the, uh, the, there's three deaths across everybody. So if any of you die three times collectively, then the whole fight starts over. Um, you can only go as a group of four max. So even though, even though it's like an extreme fight, there can only be four of you. Um, I'm trying to remember what else is involved there. Oh, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't show like AOE shit on the ground. Like it doesn't, it doesn't show you where they're going to be hitting because in monster hunter, it doesn't show you. Right. So you have to do like in monster hunter and you have to watch the Rathalos and be like, okay, what's he going to do? Right. You have to get used to his movements and understanding like his patterns and stuff. It's mm. so completely different for a final fantasy fight. Um, and the harder version of this fight is just insane. It's like, so hard. <laughs> it's the really, really difficult. Super cute though. The right, I want the mount so cute. Bad. Oh my God. The stuff you can get out of it is great. But like, um, at first when I looked at it, I was really concerned because it, it makes it so that, um, like the Rathalos mount and stuff can drop from the fight. Uh, but if you've done it 50 times and you have 50 of the like tokens from doing the fight, you can just buy the mount. And at first I was like, fuck. Am I going to have enough time? Like, is this event going to be around long enough for me to do this fucking fight 50 times? Right. <laughs> but it's, I guess, around forever, which is oh, cool. cool. So it's just like, it's not like an event. It's just there. It's like a thing now, which is super cool. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So that's, that's actually really, really awesome. And I don't know how the behemoth fight is inside of Monster Hunter, which is like the other part of the crossover. I, I don't know how that is, but a lot of people have said that that's really difficult too. So I like that it's it's not just sort of like a throwaway like oh, like the crossover wasn't crafting. just like oh here we are it's easy yeah, they actually put some effort into it. Rathalos. It's right. like actually they put a lot of thought into it and it's really hard. <laughs> um, so. Aurelian, I, I noticed you you said something about doing a, a really long stream of uh, Final Fantasy. Yeah. When you came back um, after having tonsil surgery or tonsils removed or mm -hmm. whatnot, how how did that go? Was it twelve hour stream? Like, who decides to do a twelve hour stream after having tonsils removed? I mean, obviously there was some time yeah. for recovery, but yeah, how, well, how does that work? Walk me through that. <laughs> over ambition, I think. Mm -hmm. um, well, and so part of it is is that because I work for Twitch full time, like I have a normal nine to five, and right. I'm also a mom, so like I have very few nights per week where like she's either with her dad or we don't have a school event where like I can stream a number one. So either I start streaming at like nine 30 or 10 and stream till midnight, which is like short or mm -hmm. on the occasional weekend. Um, but like on the weekends, I also try to do things like kayaking or going out with my family to like find a balance, which is like, I mean, you guys all know it's really hard to be like a mom and a streamer and an employee. And a bit, like, there's a lot of things and people are constantly pulling. And then, so like, when's your me right. time? Total side thing. So I said I haven't streamed because I've been off for, I mean, on and off for like a month because I've been so sick. So I was like, I miss Final Fantasy. I never finished the Stormblood main story quest. Like, I'm going to go through. I'm going to do it all. And so I was like, I'm going to stream. Because if I say I'm going to stream for five hours, everyone's like, OK, 
can you stream for eight? And I had <laughs> done, Dodger and I had both done uh, a 24 hour stream for Final Fantasy when Stormblood came out. And I knew right. like, I cannot, I like, oof, man, that was, I don't know how people do it. I could not do it, but I like 12 hours. Like, yeah, it's real rough. <laughs> um, but 12 hours I could manage. So I ended up going a little less than 12 hours because uh, I had Boo in the morning, which I had not planned on. I had her dad was sick. So um, I had her in the morning and then once she kind of got off and I was like, okay, now I'll start. And then I think we went to like 10 or 11 that night. Um, but I didn't do Final Fantasy the whole time. I did it for the majority because I got to the point where I couldn't go for any further. And then I was just like grinding to level because right. I to unlock the next level to get to the next part of the story quest. Um, but Final okay. Fantasy is just one of those games where like, I never felt this way about WoW because I played WoW for two full years until Cataclysm came out and then I rage quit and I never came back. <laughs> so I did, man, I was so mad. I was one of the people who like went to GameStop, pre-ordered, <laughs> picked up my copy, took the day off work, went home, booted it up. And all I wanted was to find out what awesome mount was going to be in Cataclysm. And I played a war again. And they're like, oh, you're just going to run as a wolf. And I was like, are you kidding me? You could have had like a stagecoach. You could have had all these crazy mounts and you know people love mounts. But no, you're going to make me run like a werewolf. And I was out. I logged out and I never logged back in. Like, <laughs> I was over it. Um, I'm going to save so you I a lot of trouble with the beta. <laughs> probably. Yeah, I wasn't that hardcore into WoW. I was playing uh, because my boyfriend at the time was playing a lot of WoW. And so he was like, you should play this game. Um, but yeah, so I played it for two years. And then it was actually Dodger and JP that got me into playing Final Fantasy. So I was like, oh, okay, you know, I'll, I'll log in and see what it's about. And it's just such a great, I don't know, it's just such a great MMO to play. And I, because I think I had burned out a little bit on a 24 hour thing where I was like, I just need like a break. Um, but it is one of those games that you definitely like after a while, you're like, man, remember all those fun times we had? Like, remember all those yeah. fun quests? Remember what was the one uh, Dodger with the guy who like never has any pants on and he's like swap Hildebrand or whatever his name but, is? Yeah, the Hildebrand quest. Yeah, I haven't done any of the new ones. They've like released more Hildebrand. Oh, I haven't stuff. done any of the new ones too. I finished. I think I finished those during or before the 24 hour. I like had gotten all the way. Yeah, we could. But yeah, those are. It, it's just such a fun MMO game, and I don't think I've ever played an MMO that's like Final Fantasy 14. Yeah. I love it. My little potato. <laughs> they do look Have like you potatoes. done, did you do the uh, the Omega raids, like the Kefka fight and stuff? Mm -mm. No, uh, because the okay. only thing I've done in Stormblood so far are the main story quests. Yeah. Okay. So I'm trying to like finish the main story because I'm also like, now I'm not only behind the main story, now I'm behind like patch 414243. So I've got to do all the patch quests and then get to where I'm going. But um, I like it a lot. It's a fun game. If 10 out of 10. Through raids, let me know. I got you. Yeah, we should. <laughs> I just did the first, the, well, it's the first one that I've done since I came back, but I did, it's the second primal fight uh, in uh, Stormblood. So that's where I'm at right now. We just finished that one. Yeah, so I'm excited. Everyone, and then, you know, there's all the quests where like you can go back and beat all the primals and collect the horses and the wolves and the birds and yeah. all that stuff, so. Then I got to do all that. They're so pretty and they fly. <laughs> I can't fly yet, though, because I haven't collected all of the oh, points. Shit. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I have so much to do in that game. And it's amazing because a lot of games, like, you get, you know, 50, 100 hours in and you're like, I'm so bored. You literally can play 
Final Fantasy 14 on a regular basis for many hours a day and for it's years, a really good end game. Yeah. Yeah, for years not run out of stuff to do. Like it's it's incredible. So, there you go. Everyone if you haven't played it, I hope I sold you on it. Not <laughs> so, there you go. You could make a thesis and we could compare it to Jesse's Final Fantasy 60 pages <laughs> and that reminds me 261 pages Shit. about why 14 is better. Oh fuck. If you need to do it in 261 pages, then you already lost. Didn't you just say that the more words you put, the smarter you are? Yeah, I but it's that. what those words are that's important. Come on. No, untrue. Yeah. That's a different uh, sentiment. That's a different no, sentiment altogether. No, I'm pretty sure I made the rules and I can keep making them up as I go along. So. You're outnumbered today, Jesse. Okay. Mm-hmm. This harem edition of the of the podcast is not the norm. Uh, a I blonde sure. all, right, all right. I'll disagree. Seriously, ladies, you. from one mother to another. Nothing <laughs> <laughs> Um, the other game that, uh, I've been playing a decent amount of is Graveyard Keeper that finally like actually released. How is that? Um, Yeah. How is it? It's macabre Stardew Valley for the most part. Like the, it's, it's weird though. The conceit of it makes no fucking sense. So literally the beginning of the game, you're like in the normal ass world, right? Like modern day on your phone talking with your significant other and you're so excited to go home and see them and then i think you get hit by a car and you wake up in like the middle ages (laughs) and there's a talking skeleton head and everybody's like well you're the graveyard keeper now so you have to you have to fix this graveyard and you're like, no, I want to, can I just go, am I dead? Do I, can I go home? Like, I, I'm, I miss my sweet love. Like, what am I doing here? And everybody's like, no, you got to fix this grave. And then we'll, and then we'll sort out your shit. But you, you have to be the grave keep, the graveyard keeper now. It's so weird. It doesn't make any fucking sense. You literally wake up in like the middle of nowhere as like a peasant. And there's a bishop who comes by and is like, are you being godly? It's weird. <laughs> it's a weird ass game. But um, it took me a little bit to understand sort of the the method to it. Um, at the very beginning of the game, like you have to deal with your first body and they take you through that. Like a body's dropped off outside of your house. Um, the body starts off at 99% like like the body is okay, right? It's it's at 99%, it just died, it's not decomposing at all. And uh, you need to like get it in the ground as soon as you can. Um, I'm sorry, this jumping skull is everything for me right now. It reminds me of, right? it reminds so, me of Mort from uh, Torment, like way back yes. when. Continue, um, sorry. Yeah, and so he like, he helps you because, um, so far the game has implied that he was the last graveyard keeper. Right. So when you're dropped off, they're like, ah, oh, the skull will teach you everything. And you're like, okay, but the skull like doesn't remember a whole lot and it's weird. Literally is more. Um, <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. So uh, there's like a huge talent tree essentially in this game um, that tracks like how you deal with uh, like gardening sort of stuff, construction sort of stuff, um, godliness, how you deal with the bodies, like all of these things. And there are three different sort of currencies that you get from literally everything that you do. So in in like Harvest Moon or Stardew Valley or whatever, 
doing something like picking a flower doesn't require any energy, right? Right. In this game, literally every single thing that you do requires at least a small amount of energy, even picking a flower. Um, so along with that, any energy that you expend also gets you some kind of a currency that you can then use in the talent tree. There's a spiritual currency, there's like a um, industrial currency, and there's a nature currency. So say that I'm doing a lot of work in the garden, I'm gonna get a lot of this nature currency. If I'm doing a lot of work in the church, I'll get a different. Um, and so you use those to, to kind of build up what you're good at and uh and figure out how to be better in in different areas depending on how you want to play the game um and that honestly like took me a while because at the beginning of the game <laughs> you have this cemetery with a bunch of busted ass graves and you need you basically are given like a a number and it's like negative 20 or something and the bishop of the church tells you, we need the graves to look better. We need it to be in the positives. It needs to be like plus five positive looking graveyard, right? And all you're trying to do um, is make hamburgers, but he's not buying it. Right? I just want to get all of the different cookery shit. Right. Just leave me alone. I don't want to deal yeah. with bodies. Um, but uh, yeah. And so at the beginning of the game, it gives you a bunch of like, um, repair kits, right? So there's stone repair kits and there's wood repair kits. And you can use those to fix up the graves that are already there. And I was like, okay, well then how do I, how do I get more repair kits? And it turned out that it was like a long, pro like there were a decent number of things I needed to learn how to do in order to be able to make more repair kits. And I needed to do like a decent number of things in order to like beautify graves all on my own. And um, they make you sort of look into lots of different areas right from the get-go. It doesn't, it doesn't, it didn't feel to me like it started you off very slow, you know, mm -hmm. like even the early stuff that you need to try and do required you thinking like, oh fuck, okay, so I need to start my garden so that I can have a compost heap and I need to start um, figuring out like which trees I can cut down because some of them I can't cut down yet because my axe isn't good enough. So I need to figure out which trees those are. And then I have the logs. How do I break down the logs? Okay, that I need to get this and I have to unlock this part of the technology, right? So it like, it actually gets sort of complicated right off the bat. And the other big difference um, from Stardew uh, or, or Harvest Moon, like any game like that, is that okay. so far, I don't give a shit about anybody in the town. <laughs> like... They give you a reason to go into the town and like you meet the you meet like the blacksmith and you meet the guy at the tavern and whatever else. Um, but none of them really have much of a personality. They don't they don't really like matter, you know, yeah. <laughs> at least so far from what I play. They don't really matter. So um, that's like a, a huge difference for me. But but figuring out how to be better and make better and better stuff has been engaging so far. So I'm enjoying it for the most part. It looks really interesting. I, I I do enjoy the the comedy, I guess, that's put into it. It's like the skull wants all the beer. It reminds me of like the skull and the last unicorn who wants the wine. It's just like that skull is all about the beer. It's like, I'll be at the yeah. morgue waiting for my beer. But uh, it, it looks very lighthearted, stardewy, but complex. Mm. I like. Um, you were also playing some, was it Atlas Reactor that you were playing? Um, oh yeah, I revisit Atlas Reactor sometimes. Ah, um, 
yeah, that's a that's an awesome free game that uh, I like playing with my viewers a lot. It's like uh, it's like multiplayer sort of hero based XCOM. Yeah, I was gonna say it's kind of like to, from looking at it's kind of like Dota two plus XCOM ish. It's interesting. Yeah. yeah, it's like you have you have like a small arena and it's four v four. I think yeah, four v four. And everybody chooses a hero. All of the heroes play completely differently. And it's it's like a choose what you're going to do and then resolution sort of a situation like an XCOM. So everybody has a, a certain number of seconds to say, like, I'm going to do this ability and then I'm going to go here and I'm going to, you know, whatever else. Anything that you're allowed to do in in your move. And then everybody is, like, technically doing their moves at the same time. So say that I decided I wanted to attack a person who was right in front of me, maybe mm. their move was to move before the attack phase happened. So I would attack, but there wouldn't be anybody there anymore, right? So it's like partially predicting where people are going to be, um, deciding like when to get the hell out of there, deciding when to like jump in and try to attack. Um, and if if you're able to, you can do some really cool coordinated attacks with people too, because some people have, you know, like abilities that bring everybody in sort of Zarya style and um, people who have like big, awesome AOE damage and things. So it's, it's honestly like a really, really fun game that I think a lot of people sleep on or just haven't even heard of. Yeah, uh, I, so. I hadn't heard of it, and I, I noticed it came out like in 2016 or something, and I was just it's like, I wonder, I wonder how it holds up. And I saw that you yeah. were playing it. I was just like, oh, it looks interesting. It's a really great game. They switched to the free-to-play model, and I, I think that it works well for this kind of a game because I think when people first look at it, it seems like it might be a little too complex or it might mm. be a game that they're not going to be good at. But honestly, once you play it, it feels like it makes way more sense. Like like right away, you're like, oh, oh, I get this. you know. So I think making it free-to-play was a really smart move because then there's no... There isn't that feeling of like, I hate this and I'm bad at it and I spent all this money. It's just, I downloaded it and I tried it out and it's actually like pretty simple, hopefully is how you would feel. <laughs> so yeah, um, I encourage people to play that game all the time. It's so, so fun. Cool. Um, lately, I have been playing a lot of Dead Cells. <laughs> That's probably like the thing I've been playing the most of recently. It has taken up all of my time, <laughs> all of my effort. Um, I don't know. It's like it's difficult to to classify Dead Cells really because it's not Metroidvania completely. Because um, you do actually have uh, procedurally generated uh, dungeon. So I guess it's kind of like Roguevania, if you want. It's more like a roguelite um, yeah. Metroidvania hybrid. I guess that's how you kind of classify that. What would you call that? Hmm. It's yeah. like a, a, a roguelite Metroidvania. Yeah, mm. but it's, I don't know. It's, it's People have been asking me, it's like, oh, well, should I get this or should I get like uh, Salt and Sanctuary? I'm like, get both because they're not the same. And they're I not the same at they're all. They're not the same. Yeah. And people are like, well, what about Hollow Knight? Should I get Hollow Knight or De Dead Cells? And I'm like, get both. Okay. They're not the same. Not the same. It's, <laughs> it, it's like you're comparing true Metroidvania with really a roguelite. Um, but I've been putting way, way too much time in Dead Cells, and it's it's gotten to the point now where I'm also playing it on my Switch. 
And uh, do you guys ever feel like the Switch controller kind of hurts your hands after a while? There's no, All it's not. But damn time. <laughs> I yes. Dead Cells is now responsible for that for me. I'm, I'm I'm playing to the point where I'm playing with the thing plugged in. You have to like you know have it at a certain angle and everything, so that way you make sure you're not pulling the cord out. It was the same thing with Kingdom New Lands for me, but Dead Cells is literally that. Oh, I just want one more run, just one more. Oh run. yeah, for sure. It's so fun. It's so good. The 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 controls are just so fluid. The combat is really nice, and I just. I don't know. I'm, I'm loving it so much right now. Um, for anyone who hasn't seen it, this game was like an early access for about a year. Probably a little more than a year, it feels like, anyway. Um, it was good even when it was an early access. It obviously wasn't very polished. But in the meantime, a lot of other games came out that sort of felt similar. People were like, oh, is this just a 2D Souls game? It's like, no, that's actually more like Salt and Sanctuary. But they would see games like that or... Um, Hollow Knight. We actually have had a lot of Metroidvania-style games recently. Really good ones. Yeah. But they're good. Yeah. They're not bad. They're good. Um, what I will say is that Dead Cells is definitely a lot faster. Salt and Sanctuary is, like, very punishing. I mean, this game can be punishing, yeah. too, but Dead not... Cells is, has, <laughs> like, a lot of really good speed and responsiveness to it that makes yeah. you feel super powerful. Yes. <laughs> and it's awesome. Um, so far, I've only faced one of the boss enemies. I think there's four in the game right now. There's um, the incomplete one is the one that I had gone up against. Again, just really satisfying battles, really hard. And again, I just I want one more run, one more run. That's that's all I want. And I'm just really surprised to see this come out of Motion Twin because they are, you know, small indie. They are an indie co-op in Bordeaux in France, and so. They there is no boss. They are entirely they own themselves, and everybody has the same salary. And mm -hmm. I just considering most of the stuff that they had before then was all uh, like flash games. Then they jumped to this, so I was just like blown away. <laughs> I'm trying to remember what their term for it was, like corporate anarchy or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> corporate anarchy, man. Hmm. Burned down the system. Um. I also like the fact that they had sort of a Twitch integration in the game as well, so you could go ahead and like stream from the game if you wanted to. In have you guys? I'm sure you guys have. I'm probably just being ignorant here, but streaming games like Darkest Dungeon, where you kind of like take sort of um, it's not so much requests, or, but it, I guess it is sort of that way. You know, when you interact with sub chat or your you know your stream chat. Do you guys take advice on things, Metroidvania-type games? I mean, I think a game like this, it would be really great for upgrades, for example. It's like, oh, what do you guys think I should take? It would help me out in those kinds of situations. Uh, I, I refuse mean, to let chat help me with a game like this. Yeah? Oh, okay. Because <laughs> I like doing it by myself. Right. <laughs> I, I, would, sure I how, would love I would be like, you do it. You you teach. Teach me the way, chat. <laughs> That way, if I lose, I can. I, they're partly to blame, which is always good. It's always good to blame someone else. Let's be real. So, yeah, Watson, you're literally gonna knock over my monitor. What is happening? <laughs> Anyways, joys no. of cats. My cat is just like so eager for the limelight. Hi, welcome back. Literally the star <laughs> of the show. Speaking of uh, Hollow Knight, though, well, rewinding back, I think there's some DLC that's actually coming out, I believe. 
Yeah, pretty soon, mm-hmm. I think. I think it's, they had to rename it, I believe, because of some sort of copyright possible infringement thing that was going on. But I think it's like part four of their free DLC. Yeah, calling it Shovel Knight was weird, but I'm glad they made it. <laughs> Yeah, Godmaster, I think, is what they're doing for it, uh, August. Godmaster is yeah, the name Godmaster, of it? I think, is what they call Damn. it now, because I think they changed it. But yeah, August 23rd for that. Um, so a couple days, Godmaster. and we'll have more more Hollow Knight. Hollow Knight again. I feel like my Switch uh, tandems between two things. It's either the Weeb Machine, or now it's a Metroidvania machine, because I have Salt and Sanctuary on there, I have Hollow Knight, and now I have Dead Cells. And again, mm-hmm. differences between all three, of course, but... Anytime you want to play a 2D Souls-ish game that uh, mm. is pretty punishing, then why not? <laughs> go to um, Switch. Erin was saying that she has to go. Yes, Side note. yes. Um, <laughs> we're about ready to wrap up fault. anyway. I'm sorry. No, no, no. You're totally fine. <laughs> we're winning. Just wanted to make sure that, you, that nah, you knew. I have a tendency to overrun the show because it used to be a three-hour show once upon a time. Um, just going to go through a few new releases. Just da 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 uh, Shinmu 1 and 2, August 21st. That is today, so that's already out. Guacamelee 2, also out today. Yo! Uh, Brawl Out, out today also. So if you like your mascot, Smash-esque kind of thing, Wan from Guacamelee is in it, so that's cool. And then the protagonist from Hyper Lake Drifter's in it, and um, Heroes from Ukulele. And also, I think we're getting some characters from Dead Cells coming into it in an update in fall. Yeah, Brawl Out's fun. I just mm. played that the other day. It's cool. Nice. Uh, it gives me the option of switching up the controls to not be like Garbage Smash and be like a real <laughs> video game, which is great because Smash Brothers is garbage. Damn. Whoa. <laughs> shit. Me on that. Whoa. Me on. Smash Brothers is trash tier video gaming. That's right. I said it. Someone had to. And now he'll give you a thesis as to why. Um, All right. 250 <laughs> pages on that shit. A Little Dragon's Cafe, which is going to be my jam as soon as it comes out on the 24th. Harvest Moon-ish. Raising your dragon, feeding your dragon. That's probably going to be my new Switch thing. Um, Hollow Knight Free DLC. Already covered that. Uh, Strange Brigade, if you like your third-person shooters with an emphasis on co-op gameplay. That will be out on the 28th. It's kind of like adventure. Like You get band together of scorpions and mummies and all sorts of... It looks camp, but whatever. Mm. Uh, yeah, so that's kind of camp what's... can be great. Camp, camp p- can be great. Uh, yeah, zombie army trilogy. Nice. Okay, sorry. I just I go through the list and I'm just like, eh. but yeah, I I need to play a lot more games. I'm in the middle of Death's Gambit, Phantom Doctrine, which actually turned out to be a lot better than I thought it was going to be. So that's been a thing. Yeah, and uh, Two Point Hospital is coming out very soon as well, so that will... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that will be my jam coming up soon. All right, so, yeah, I wish that we had covered more games this time around next week. I guess that's why it's a weekly show. We can cover more games next week. Uh, guys, what is coming up on your channels this week? Brooke, what's happening? Uh, Just normal streams. I think we're having AC installed finally, so some of my streams are probably going to get moved around, but I am delighted. <laughs> I'm so excited for this house to not just be an armpit. Um, yeah, you can find me at Dex Bonus on pretty much everything, and uh, it's a goofy good time. Come hang out. Excellent. Jesse, what's coming up for you? You look like you're about ready to burst. I just thought it, Dodger's description of her home was very funny. <laughs> 
Don't you want to visit my armpit? I, you know what? Here's the thing. A lot of people would. Not me. I'm not an armpit guy, but I know a lot of people would be down. So, uh, yeah. Me? Um, more videos for We Happy Few on the YouTube channel. More streaming WoW on the Twitch channel. And, uh, God, just more stuff coming down the pipeline. Um, uh, Multiplayer Mayhem is back. Uh, more episodes on Friday. Get ready for that shit. It, it, it is super. You ask, Jesse, how did you play Brawl out? Well, now you know. <laughs> now you know. I'm super salty about it. So good times coming up. Can't wait for that. Uh, <laughs> more, more Super Animu Fighters and all the rest coming this weekend as well. So that's it for me, y'all. Excellent. And Aurelian, anything coming up for you stream-wise or YouTube channel-wise in the near future? Yeah. Um, I just started the new um, season of The Walking Dead Telltale version. Mm -hmm. So we're playing that. It's a really good game. Um, that I've been playing. I haven't I haven't lately, but I've been playing House Flipper like a lot. I have that installed. I need to really? get around it's to it. It's so <laughs> addictive. And it's not even like half done. It's I mean, it's they say it's done, but it's not. Um, <laughs> you know the truth. Uh, yeah. They have so much more to do in that game. Uh, so I'll, I play a lot of that. Um, Final Fantasy just hanging out, having fun, doing that stuff. You can find me everywhere at Aurelian. There you go. Awesome. Well, thank you guys very much for joining us for this episode of the Co-Optional Podcast. And thank all of the hosts for being here. And, of course, our special guest, Aurelian, for being here. Uh, you can catch us next week, same time. And uh, our guest, I, I hesitate to say this, our guest for the Co-Optional Podcast, episode 226, will be none other than Crendor. You guys have been Yay! asking for it. <laughs> so All right. No, no, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he's over it. He's over it. Okay. Well, thank you guys again very much for tuning in, and we will see you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>